Welcome everybody to episode two of Fly Cool Shit. I'm Mark, and uh, I have a guest today: aerobatic pilot, advanced U.S. team member, extra 330 SC owner, Jeff Precicelli. Hey, everybody. welcome. What's, What's up? up, dude? Not much. Just living in New York, living in COVID, getting into winter. So it's a little upsetting. Winter. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm I'm watching the days get shorter here in California too. It's it's like depressing. Yeah, but your temperatures stay up though, right? Yeah, I mean it's like, dude. Saturday's supposed to be 106. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're down to like. Hold on, let me look at my phone here. I want to say, I mean, it's nothing compared to some other places. I get it, but um, low of 60. Oh, next week's not going to be too bad. Like mid 70s, then it drops down to the 60s and 40s at night. Oh so, man, it's tough. So how once like, it gets below like. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's just tough. Once it gets below like 60 into the lower 50s, you know, going flying, it's just, it's cold. It's well, that's kind of what I was going to ask you. Like, as far as um, your flying season goes, because especially you being on the U.S. advanced team and having, um, I, maybe commitments is like the wrong word, but you obviously you want to fly several competitions a year and, and get as much flying in as you can. Um, for the big, you know, for national and worlds and stuff like that. Do you get a short, I mean, you guys do training camps throughout the, uh, the U S I mean, I guess that probably plays a role into it, right? Cause you probably can't get the season in the, you know, on the East coast that you would other places. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's good and bad to not being able to fly in a winter. Um, I think it's really tough for the Southern States or climates that you can fly year round to stay focused and every flight is a meaningful flight. You kind of just, it becomes almost like a job. I think I've seen in the past from people. So, sure. you know, for me, my season, I'd say is April through uh, nationals. And then, you know, then it's just like a flight every other week or something like that. But I'm excited okay. to get back into the airplane after taking a break and each flight is, you know, meaningful. And I do go down south and I'll do, you know, one year, a couple of years, I brought my airplane down there. But it's hard because especially once you get into the upper categories, you know, you need G tolerance. So, you know, the first, you know, advance, it usually takes like a day to get G tolerance unlimited now. I mean, kind of dabbling in and, and you know, you can't really mess around with negative G. So you got to get negative G tolerance. And so you need like two or three days in a row. So it's really tough to allocate that to to train hard so once i come off the winter i'm really excited to fly so i fly a lot and sure people flying and it's, that's a good aspect of it the bad aspect of it is you're seeing all your buddies down south just you know in sandals and flying acro all winter while you're up here shoveling snow so. yeah yeah shorts and flip-flops flying flying every day and yeah, yeah. yeah you gotta dig your car out <laughs> but um, yeah that's the hardest well, thing guess- that i'm kind of getting into is just now, you know, with advanced, you kind of get away with it a little bit with the G tolerance, but with unlimited, I'm like desperately afraid of getting the wobblies, really, really scared of it. So, you know, I do, it usually takes me about a, a, after a day and a half, if I do three flights one day, two flights the next and ease up into it, you kind of know, I guess you kind of feel it, but a little bit less than two days and then I'm kind of ready to, ready to go with negative. And, you know, before that, you're kind of just... It stinks because you can't go out and practice what you want to because, you know, I think you'll hurt yourself. But um, that's the hardest thing that I'm kind of coming into right now. That How, how crazy is the jump um, from advanced to unlimited as far as physiology goes? I mean, obviously, it's a big jump. Um, 
It's um, not that bad. I mean, it's really not that bad. Everybody talks like it's like some like crazy thing, but you know, you can relate it to lower categories where like, you know, before I remember when I was flying sportsman and, you know, having a great time and um, getting through the sequence and that was a, you know, it was a tough category. There's a lot of people in it, but you know, if you have a good coach and somebody showing you what to do, you can do really well. But once I got to intermediate, I was like, Oh my God, how am I going to, how am I going to roll in the vertical? Like, this is crazy. Like, where do I look? And then you start doing that. And you know, and you look back and like, that's not too bad. And then you do multiple rotation, you know, rolling rotations in the vertical and advance, you know, left and right. And, you know, in the beginning it's, you know, it's, I'm never going to get this. Then you get sure. it. So it's like any, and, and right now it's frustrating. Like with the outside flicks, the, you know, the, the positive flicks are kind of no big deal, but, you know, the outside rotations, the outside snaps are, you know, they're disorientating and, you know, they're, they're kind of, I wouldn't say painful, but it's, it's uncomfortable when you're hitting, you know, the outside flicks are like 130. And, uh, Oh yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little, it's, I don't know how to describe it because we keep doing it. Right. But, <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, it's like, it's, well, we're it's all tough. weird, right? Aerobatic pilots all kind of have yeah. like some, this weird, not, not affinity for pain. And it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> a lot of times maybe not painful, but like this, like weird, you know, where you kind of do want to go beat yourself up a little bit, or at least like, like the, the, the fact that you're getting beat up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool too, because you know, I have a family and work, so a lot of a lot of things going on. But when I fly, it's you know it's great because I'm I'm really 100 percent focused. Then I I hate saying it like this, but it's like you forget about everything else. And I think that's one of the, the great aspects of it. You really kind of just forget about what's going on, whether it's stressors or you know even positive things that could be distractions. And you just when well, you have to. Oh yeah, yeah. You you have to, and you know that's one of the things. Like um, I, I'm certainly. Um, not, I, I couldn't hold a candle to the pedigree that you, that you fly, but it's interesting when I, just from an outsider's perspective, looking in how, like the lack of, um, you know, we all talk about physiology and skill, but we like the mental, um, you know, you kind of your mental status. Like, I don't know that maybe you guys talk about it a lot or, or maybe you don't, but, um, to touch on that, you know, being totally focused on what you're doing, like you, ha- there's just no room for outside thought when you're especially at the level yeah. you're flying at the altitude yeah. you're flying at the maneuvers you're flying at. Do you it's guys talk about that a lot? I mean, it, it's kind of like hangar talk, you know, everybody talks about psychology of it and, you know, even at like nationals and stuff, you know, there's some, I've seen some of those guys that can just, are just incredible and they, they are incredible pilots, but you know, it just, that day, you know, I don't know, just some people, you know, the, the stars aligned, I guess for me, I got lucky and you know i've you know sometimes people zero and this and that's all mental errors and i've seen some of those guys just absolutely kick ass you know just fly lights out and it's at at that point when you're at nationals or even at like a competition if you're not if you're not flying you know eights or unless you're going for fun but if you're going to win and you're not flying eights or high sevens i guess and you're not able to make it through sequences and fly to figures really clean then like don't go you know where you're going and at that point, if you can fly to figures at eights or tens or whatever, like if you're flying high scoring figures, then it's not the question of whether you can do it. It's a question of whether you can put yourself in the right mindset to be able to do it in front of judges. You know, that's, and that's a whole Makes total aspect sense. of it, you know, but yeah. I don't go, like, I'm not going to go to, I hate saying this on, 
I guess I don't know who's going to be listening to this, but I'm most likely not going to be going to any contests this year just because I've really practiced the no one. I'm working on other stuff and, you know, I'm not going to go just to go and fly, you know, sixes or seven or like four. Like, it's just, to me, it's not worth it. I'm not going to. Do you find that a lot in, in the competition world where people will, um, I mean, not even just a matter of moving up too early in, in category, which I, I'm, I know that happens too, but um, yeah. where you're, you just, you're seeing a lot, I guess, of, you're seeing the, you know, a case of quantity versus quality where people are just trying to hit every competition, but they're just not really doing it the yeah. way they should be doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it could be a lot of things and, and I don't know all the answers to it, but I think it's a lack of coaching. I think it's coaching that coaches that shouldn't be coaches, you know, not, I'm not talking about sure. the, the people that everybody knows. I'm talking about people that, you know, think they are coaches and they don't know what the heck they're talking about. And then, you know, a guy goes to a competition and it's, it's almost scary. So sure. You know, I think that if you had the right coach and you have somebody who's mentoring you and telling you what to practice first and how to be safe, obviously in the beginning, but if you have uh, you know, a good head on your shoulders and you know, you're not trying to be cocky and you know, know it all and you're ready to learn, you'll be good. It's just, it takes time and everybody wants to kind of jump up just to say, you know, I'm flying intermediate this year or I'm flying advanced or like it it means no difference if you fly like shit, because, you know, from my standpoint, if I go to a competition and if I see somebody fly lights out and sportsman, and then I see another guy in advance, who's just barely making it through. Like I have more respect for the sportsman guy at that point. You know, that guy, that guy shouldn't even be there and, or he should be home. Right. Well, you might be there for fun. I take that back, but you know, if he's there thinking he's going to win and flying like that, it's like, you know, dude, like you got to go and practice or, or put the time in. Like you can't just show up and, you know, make it through. Well, let me ask you this. Cause like, um, I, you know, like I personally, I wouldn't see myself pursuing um, joining the advanced or limited teams if I were to compete, which I plan on doing, but um well, I want to, so I want to talk about your aspirations and how you got on the team. Um, but do you see a lot of people past, I mean, like, I feel like intermediate, I, that's kind of where I draw that line of like, okay, if you're going to advance, you're, there's a higher goal in mind. Do you see a lot of advance and, and unlimited people that are just solely doing competitions for, I mean, literally just for fun. Like, eh, I don't care what I get. I'm just, I'm just kind of here just for um, fun. Advanced, there's a there's a couple guys. I mean, I don't know West Coast or uh, Central America, but uh, excuse me, on the East Coast, there's a bunch of guys that you know they're not bad, uh, but you know they're definitely having a good time. You know, just flying the events, and they're they're great pilots. Um, sure. And then unlimited. I mean, there's just not a lot of. It's sad because there's just not a lot of unlimited guys you know flying anymore, and the ones that are really really like. The Northeast has, you know, a couple guys that are really, really, really good and, you know, going to do well. And I think the West Coast is, you know, seeing some some signs of life over there with some unlimited guys. I know AJ's really training hard, and I saw him fly in Tennessee. He's really flying awesome. Um, yeah. So we got some signs of life going on. I think, you know, the, with the unlimited, it, it's tough because we get, you know, you compare yourselves to France or – or, I don't know, there's so many European, and they're so small compared to North America because for them to go train, it's like they're the size of New York. So for me, it'd be like, oh, let's go fly to Albany. Everybody's going to meet in Albany or whatever. Right. Or, 
and we're going to train together. Like for me, like I had to go to Tennessee. That was like 900 miles. It was two stops, three hour legs. Like it's a yeah. pain in the ass, you know? Oh, so yeah. like, it's really hard for, you know, the U S to get that unlimited camaraderie, that unlimited team and, and work as a team because we're just so damn far apart. And, you know, it goes without saying, we're not getting paid for this shit. It costs a ton no. of money and we have to do the other, you know, we have to do our job unless you, you know, you're lucky and you, you know, you don't have to work or whatever or something happened. But for the most part, yeah, there's only like, work. I think Rob Holland's probably the only guy that is not, I mean, he's the only full-time pilot, I think on the, on the unlimited team. Right. I mean, like air show, obviously air show and competition, but I think most everybody yeah, else has a secondary so. he, job that is outside of aviation. Yeah, I think so. And, and he trains, he's incredible. He really trains hard and, you know, it just, he's just an incredible pilot and, and, you know, he puts so much time into it. He's just, he's just really, really great to watch and, and to learn from. He's just, uh, you know, and, and he does well. I mean, he, it's, oh, yeah. it's kind of crazy. He wins, he won the Eric Mueller trophy and that to me is, I mean, it's incredible. And I don't know if you, you know what that is, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So like, I mean, that is like, that's, that, that's just awesome. I'm so happy he did that. He's an amazing pilot. And I mean, I, I have my like childhood as we all do, you know, our idols. I mean, like uh, Mike Goulian to me is like, I mean, he's Mount Rushmore of, of airbag pilots. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, you know, Rob Holland right now, I mean, he, uh, he, I mean, obviously he's incredible. Um, I mean, what is it? Seven world titles. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Something like that. Six or seven. Yeah, I don't know. Something unbeatable. Um, by, by yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Something <laughs> something ridiculous and i mean his flying is just it's unreal it's it's really fun to watch right now um it's a, it's and i was gonna effort, ask effortless yeah yeah and that that's an that's a whole other problem is i hate his in cockpit videos because it just looks like he i mean he, yeah, it's not like, robotic but like it's it's it is it does look effortless obviously there's tremendous effort i mean yeah, yeah. not only on his body but that he's putting through to make the maneuvers look like that but to make it look that easy because a lot of other pilots that fly that that well don't make it look that effortless in the cockpit <laughs> no no like, like idiots like yeah. me just fucking like limbs are falling all over the place in the cockpit i don't know where to look <laughs> like, <laughs> screaming cursing myself out <laughs> how much of that is you know i mean he's obviously a, a gifted pilot but you mentioned his work ethic like how much of that is not na- I won't say natural ability, but like the ability to pick it up quickly and, and, and adapt it and apply it. I mean, that's got to play such a huge role in his flying. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know the history of, of I know a little bit about, about him just from reading and stuff. And, and he's been flying a long time, which everybody knows. But I think what it sure. comes down to is he's just such a cool headed dude. Like even at camp, he's, he's a really fun guy to be around. Um, he's an incredible coach, which is like a, another hour I can go on about how great, how great of a coach he is and, and how he's able to adapt to each individual and teach them. But, um, which is a totally different skill set than just yeah, flying you the maneuvers. A guy like Rob Holly is like, you know, freestyle this and, and national, all these accolades and, and coach, I'm like, Oh, how good are, he's doing all this stuff. Like I, and the guy just was amazing. I learned, I told him, I felt like I got baptized. I just learned so many things and, doing things totally different, which is just great. But it's That's just amazing. Like, yeah, he just, I was totally blown away with, uh, with how great he was. 
And so I just think he's just cool headed. That's how, that's how he's so good. He's just mentally like ready, just mentally ready. So obviously he's, I mean, as far as the unlimited team goes, and I guess the advanced team for that matter, um, I mean, having him as not only a mentor, but a coach and, and watching him fly and then getting, you know, picking his brain and getting his expertise on that. So, I mean, that's probably really uplifting to both teams, I would imagine. Um, yeah, it's like a fresh start. And the other thing, too, is Rob's really familiar with the, the SIVA rules. You know, he's obviously he's flying unlimited and the advanced SIVA rules are um, obviously we don't fly this. Uh, the outside uh, snaps and, you know, a couple other things that, well, a bunch of other things that the Olympics does, but, you know, he knows the rules and, and, and that's a lot of it, you know, it's going to help us do, do well. And it's, to me, it's a fresh start. And he, he's a, he's a great face. I mean, I don't want to say halo, but, you know, it'd be nice, you know, as a team showing up with him because he's an incredible guy. Sure. um, you know, I just, I think we got a really, really, really good shot. We got a lot of experience on the team and then we got some young, you know, fresh blood on the team. So sure know, we can, we can do this. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And it's such a bummer. Cause like, you know, we talked, so I, we, uh, I don't think I mentioned it, but you were the 2019 advanced power winner at nationals yeah. last year and nationals would be going on like right now. Right. Like, yeah, I think yeah, right around this time like, of year, I think we'd be like right in the heart of it or finishing it off. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, I think yeah, like it would have started like last week. I think um, yeah, that would have been fun. I'm I'm kind of bummed that they kind of canceled it really early like that, but um, it is what it is. I mean, it's, nobody's got. Yeah, and kind of in hindsight, they probably could have. It probably could have gone off because there have there has been some competition this year. Um, I know in California. I mean, California has never been like a real, or at least the West Coast in general too has not been a super hotbed of of competitions i mean like the east coast and like florida seems to have a competition like every three days um yeah and but well you guys are such we a, lost a few a tremendous state i mean it's a really really big state uh we have yeah. one going on that's gonna happen in, in two weeks or something like that uh two chapters combined and they're gonna put on a contest which is kind of cool um that's cool but um but yeah it's just it's kind of crummy you know and it's funny too yeah. because like the nationals it was there weren't like a tremendous, <laughs> there wasn't a tremendous amount of people there. Cause you can't, you know, I guess it goes, I don't know a lot about the waiver aspect of it. So I hope it doesn't sound too, you know, dumb on this, but you can't publicize it and you can't really get, you know, outside people there. So what's the difference? Yeah. Cause it, with COVID? They're really, <laughs> like, nobody's yeah, yeah. going to be there anyway. <laughs> they, they really tried. I remember that. I remember that last year, like there was a real uh, concerted effort to try to like draw that delineation between air show and not air show. Um, yeah. when people were talking about, um, nationals right. and I guess that, you know, the lawyers must be, must be really, really nervous about spectators in general, but I mean, especially now, I mean, they must've been like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it stinks. Cause it's always like a couple legs that spoil the bunch. So it's, it's, yeah, that's why we can't have nice things. Right. So like, yeah, it'd be great to be able to get the general public out there and then maybe, you know, spark some interest from from kids and other people that may want to get into it and stuff. So, um, so I did actually want to ask you about that. Um, the, so I, I kind of wanted to ask you, well, there's so many things I want to ask you. I can talk to you all day. Um, the, before we move on to what uh, I want to, I want to talk about or ask you what your, your perspective is on kind of uh, you know uh, the presidency change, right. Um, 
this year for IAC new president mm-hmm. um, and kind of what that's going to look like or what you hope, or, you know, if you can talk about it, you know, kind of what you think that's going to look like, look like, or, you know, have some hopes and dreams of, of maybe, you know, yeah, I mean, um, I'm excited for the new president and I'm kind of sad that, that Robert left too. I think he's, I don't, I don't know him well. I mean, I met him a couple of times and, you know, he seemed like a great guy. He's obviously a very talented, talented pilot. He did really well yeah. in worlds. And, um, um, it's sad to see him go because I know he's really kind of gunning for, you know, building the sport from a grassroots perspective. And, sure. um, you know, it's tough because there's, I, you know, looking from the outside and you don't know what's really going on in there. So, you know, it's easier said than done for us to be like, oh, we should have done this or that and that. But, right. you know, um, so I can't, can't knock the guy because I, you know, he put on a great nationals and I think he represented the IC really well when he was in position. And with Jim, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for him too because, I mean, the guy, I don't know him well either. You know, I spoke to him a couple of times just in passing, I guess, and he's a super guy. But, you yeah. know, he's got a great track record. You know, he's he's very accomplished in, you know, a lot of different areas, obviously. And, yeah, and he's very he's ambitious. Really, oh, he's so ambitious. It's great. And, you know, he's just got such a great background, you know, He's obviously, you know, accomplished there as an aerobatic pilot, but he's got such a great background in, in building business too, from what, you know, I read. Yep. I mean, and that's I exactly know. why I wanted to ask you that. Um, Cause you know, the IAC, um, I mean, it is a business and it's, it's one of those things like, um, like I've been going to the Reno air races since I was a kid and have several friends that race at the Reno air races. And that's been a fascinating snapshot to watch the marketing side and, and how they, they reach, you know, um, I mean, that, that's a very specific demographic, especially like the Warbird racing, you know, it's, right. it's like generally older demographics, the sponsor, the sponsors are kind of like, you know, it's like Bud Light and Marlboro, like steel, you know, uh, chainsaws, like not <laughs> really appealing to like a younger crowd. And so, um, certainly not knocking, um, Robert Armstrong for anything. I mean, um, I'm not, not, knocking him at all. Just when I saw the change, I was like, I wondered how, cause Jim is very much in tune with like, I don't know the pulse on you know, social media maybe, but like at least technology and, and, and kind of almost seems like a different generation in that regard. And so I was wondering, you know, kind of what that might mean for the AAC as far as, you know, things like marketing and, and, and appealing to people that don't know about IAC and, um, you know, and things like that. So that's kind of why I wanted to see your take on it. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that was really exciting to see, you know, in Jim's background was his, was his, um, his, uh, history with the RC, um, I guess, uh, section of the market, whatever you want to call it. But, and yeah, yeah. that is so popular. I mean, there's so many people buying yaks and extras. They're all over the place. So I think he's got, you know, a lot of, uh, knowledge, you know, and that brand. And if he can bring a little bit of that over to us and get those same kids that are flying these aerobatic planes as RC and, you know, uh, maybe form clubs, just like the French do form clubs and this and that, and, Yeah, you know, get them into real airplanes. And I, I think that would be really, really successful. I think a lot of people just psych themselves out. Like they'll come to, I'll see people that come to the airport and they'll, you know, see, you know, someone's airplane, my airplane or a friend's airplane. They're like, Oh man, I wish I could do that. I'd be like, well, you can like, go get like six of your buddies 
save up a little bit, you know, stop going to, you know, save your money and yeah. do a partnership and do it. And they're like, well, how much would it cost? And I give them the numbers and they're like, oh my God, that's less than like a Honda Civic or something. You know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can do it. Like just do some work on it. And I think the problem is, is that there's no, you know, there's no place for them to go look. Like if there was a web page maybe no. where it was like, okay, here, like if you have this amount of money with this friends and you know, this is, this is your budget, you can afford, you know, a Pits S2B or, or, you know, I'm sorry, like, or like a super decathlon, right? And this is your operating yeah. cost. Like it's, you know, nobody's, you know, the, the kid who's never been involved in aviation really isn't going to know like what the hour, how to calculate the hourly cost of these things with annuals and miscellaneous parts and oil and all this crap. So they're not going to know, but if it's right there in front of them, they're like, oh, I can, I can afford, it's like a lease payment. I can afford 600 a month or some crap like that, you know? Totally. And, you know, we'll totally spur the sport because there's just so many young kids that love it, love it, love it. Um, in fact, in the, in the past I was on, um, I was flying in a practice area that was totally legal by the way. And, um, <laughs> one, one person complained, I ended up going on the news about it and they did a story and this one person was interviewing how I was going to crash into her house apparently, but they oh posted it on Facebook and then there was like a hundred comments from like all these people that were like, don't let them stop. My kids go out and watch them. We love it. Like, it's so much fun. Like, I wish I could do that. How can I see more? And like, they're like, everybody's so interested in it and they just, yeah, it's tough because, you know, again, I don't mean to sound like, how, you know, it's just so easy to do because I'm sure it's not. But if there was a place that, that, you know, I can just refer people like go to this page and I will tell you everything because yeah. I think you would, uh, and like, you don't even have to fly. Like I tell my, uh, a lot of people at the airport that join the ISC just to join because it's cheap. Like you could be a judge, like you could sit on judges, like you could judge all these guys. It doesn't matter. Like you just show up and and do boundary or whatever. It's it's just fun, and people don't realize that they can get so involved for very minimal cost. They just see airplane and then dollar signs, and they think it's just oh, right. I can't afford it. Well, it's you it's know? funny because like general aviation is it, there's a barrier to entry already, and it, it's not and it's not just cost. I mean, there's there's people that have have money, but well, actually, I should plug my buddy. He, so AJ runs a foundation. AJ Wilder runs a really great yeah. foundation called Figure One. And I was talking to him in Tennessee, and I don't know if anybody doesn't hate me for saying this, but they're like looking for applications. So just go to figureone.com or whatever the heck his website is. Email him. Tell him Jeff and Mark sent you. <laughs> and, yep. um, yeah, I repost. I repost all this stuff. Uh, anytime AJ posts something on his Instagram, I repost it on mine. Yeah. Um, and he is. It's awesome. super cool that he. Yeah, no, super cool guy. And it's super cool what he's doing. And like that kind of stuff I love, you know, and um, I, I mean, the IAC has a ton, uh, a ton of scholarships. My buddy, um, totally. um, gosh, I got a call from Greg Kuntz out of nowhere. And it was like, hey, uh, your buddy asked, <laughs> your buddy, uh, you know, applied for a scholarship. Is he a good guy? And we went through the whole thing and he ended up, you know, my buddy ended up getting it, which was really cool. Um, but awesome. there are so many, and that's the thing is like, you know, there's already normal barriers to entry with, with just GA, period. Yeah. And then you have this this whole other weird. It's almost like the uh, like the dark web is is like aerobatic. <laughs> like yeah. you don't really know how to you know it exists, but you don't really know how to get there, and you don't really know what you're going to need once you get there. You know, and yeah, like, and it's it's um, tough too. Like these people, they show up to the airport and they got all these TSA signs on it now, and like the usually the guy at the terminal asks them a million questions, like, "Are you a terrorist?" Like. <laughs> It's like some yeah, yeah. sun showing up. <laughs> like, oh, I know. Like the, so like, it's tough because like it used to, when I was growing up, you could just, yeah, I was already out there, but you'd see people just kind of coming on and like checking out 
the airplanes yeah. and asking questions and it's hard for them now because if you can't get on the airport and interact, you know, and if there's no media outlet or, or web presence, how are you going to, how are you going to get into it? And people are just like, oh, I'll just go Lisa Corvette or whatever, you know, just yeah. Go do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. You know, when I, I was, um, when I was teaching at the aerobatic flight school in, um, in here in Livermore, um, one of the things that like was top priority on my list, cause you, you see it, like, I think, gosh, I, I can't remember the chapter. Maybe it's 23 in Sebring. Um, how they, like sometimes they'll bring out a pits and an extra and like, I mean, obviously you got to be checked out in it and, yeah. and able to be put on their insurance or you fly with a safety pilot, but basically essentially rent the airplane for the competition. And, you know, we had a 300 L and a pits S2C and I'm like, you know, if we can get these to every uh, competition in California for rent, you might get these people that'll come out one, the safety pilot, you know, you, I don't know, you pay the safety pilot a CFI rate or something, you know, obviously right. they got to be competent in competition, but, um, totally, you know, it's like another avenue to kind of yeah, get them involved. Cause once yeah. you get like a little bit of a taste of it, then, you know, you work for it. I mean, I had to take, I took a oh, yeah. six, six year height. I couldn't afford to do a sport. I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't, couldn't do it. And I couldn't do it in the way I wanted to do it. So I just stopped and saved up and saved up and then got back into it. It's like, you'll, you know, if you really love something, and I think a lot of people out there will love aerobatics or, you know, have a good chance at it. They'll work. You know, if you really love it, you'll yes. find like every great aerobatic pilot has always found a way to make it work. Even like Gouli, yep. you know, that guy just worked and worked and worked and did it. And yeah. If you really love it, you'll do it. You really Oh will. yeah. And that's I mean, true it's passion, tough. you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely true passion. It is tough. And it's, you know, there's obviously a lot of mountains and all this, you know, poetry crap to say about it. But, you know, at, at the very least, you'll you'll be flying aerobatics. You, you know, you may not be world champion, but, um, you know, you'll be in the sport and be competitive. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's like, you, you can pick, you know, uh, you know, it's like, I, I, I pick your poison is probably the wrong phrase, but, you know, you can do and go as far as you want or as you can afford um, yeah. to do in the sport, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a partner in an extra 300. Um, I couldn't I, at this, you know, two kids and a wife and a house a mortgage in California. Yeah. I'm not owning an extra 300 by myself. Right. <laughs> not right yeah. now. Um, and even time someday, maybe. like, that's the one oh, thing yeah, that, like, I struggle with. And thank, it's like talking about that now. And thank God there's winter. Otherwise my wife would, I don't know what she'd do to me. Um, but you know, she's without her, I would never be able to, you know, she's so understanding. So I'm, that's how I'm allowed to do it. But I don't even know. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. You need a good support system, but you got to sacrifice certain things, you know, like I'll be flying and my kids will be home. So, you know, it kind of sucks sometimes when you think about it like that, but then, you know, you'll always feel that guilt, you know, it's like, Oh, I should be at home with the kids. Yeah. You know, and then tough. it's weird. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you struggle with this. Like I do. It's like, uh, if I'm home and I look outside, I'm like, oh man, it's beautiful. I should be flying. And then as soon as I get to the airport, I'm pulling out the airplane. I'm like, man, I should be home with the kids. Yeah. Like, what am I, I doing? Shitty, am I a shitty father right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I rough. know. It's tough. But then like, you know, when I'm with them, it's like really good quality time. It's not like, you know, from that movie where like the guy, the father's playing Xbox with the kids like, you know, in the other room doing something. Stupid. Yeah. I don't know. But. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. You just got to. Yeah, allocate the time. I guess I don't even fly on weekends just because I don't have the time. I'll just you know skip out of work a little bit and you know take two hours go fly and 
and try to make it work that way. So, but that's perfect. It's not easy. That's for sure. It's definitely not easy. Well, it's funny. Cause like, I, you know, I, I'm an airline pilot. So like weekends and on like days of the week are kind of irrelevant to me. Uh, although they are to the rest of my family. Cause everybody else is like in school Monday through Friday. My wife works Monday through Friday. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, now that I'm home on leave, I took a 10 month leave from the airlines. So I'm home all the time. And yeah, even like now on the weekends, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'll still probably, I'll fly on the weekdays. And even like when I was working, I, I rarely flew on the weekends. I wouldn't take students to do any instruction flights and I wouldn't, I wouldn't go fly for fun on the weekends. I mean, very rarely would I ever do that. Yeah. 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 Cause and the other thing too is like these plane. I don't know, you know, what's next to your airport, but we're surrounded here by neighbors. So during the week it's, you know, you better probability that people are at work and not at, you know, home in here in this lawnmower over their house. So on a weekend, everybody's home and you know, yeah. that's where we get the most complaints. Well, I just don't fly on the weekends, so I don't really get any complaints on the weekends, but I've heard that there are a decent amount of complaints <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> well, we've, we've had a couple of discussions this, uh, on the Aerobatic Pilots Facebook page, but like, yeah, I, I think I hit, I got, I got 12 complaints one day doing pattern work on a Saturday. And I said, never, ever again, am I going to do that ever yeah. again? Yeah, um, it's, it's nuts. And it was at like 11 AM. It wasn't seven in the morning. <laughs> it was like 11 yeah. in the morning, you know? Yeah, we've had so, so many, yeah. you know, discussions I've on whatever board for the airport and they're like, oh, well, what if we, you know, change the pattern to right or left? And literally the airport I've had is surrounded by houses on 360 degrees. You know, there's 9 million people on Long Island. So there's houses oh everywhere. So it doesn't, so I ended up saying like, guys, this, it doesn't matter what it's, we're making noise and we're at an airport. So it's, it's, yeah. You just got to like do like a neighborhood day or invite them or try to do something to give back a little bit. But there's, there, it's not going to stop the complaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At some point it's an airport. You, you, you know, you encroached on an airport. I, I'm, I'm not that, I am not that person that's like, oh, you moved near an airport. Fuck you. Like, not yeah. like that at all. But at the same time, there, there is a little bit like, okay, that airport, you moved near an airport. I, I don't know. Like, we, yeah. there's got to be some sort of balance here. Like, so, okay, maybe I won't, you know, wrap it up to 2750 uh, on the weekends and, you know, yeah. and hop around the pattern at six in the morning, but you know, midday, yeah, Hey, <laughs> yeah, and that's why like during the week, I feel like, you know, it's been working for knock on wood. It's been working for me. Um, that's cool. You know, that way, but yeah, on the weekends, everybody's home. And the last thing they want to hear is like that, you know, the actual, Oh Yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just something, you know, uh, we, we fly loud airplanes and especially, you know, I would imagine you probably, um, you know, even when you're not, uh, not practicing for a competition or, or anything like that, you, I mean, you're, you're flying at, at the altitudes that you would fly in competition to keep your perspective the same. So that's low and noisy. Yeah. I mean, uh, not so much, actually, you know, off season, I'm, I, I really don't go down too low just cause you know, whether I haven't been flying that much or whatever, but really only getting close to, you know, when I'm, when I'm really practicing a lot, I'll bring it down to the bottom of the box. Um, okay. And just, that's really more safety for me. I'm a, I'm a big puss with the ground, I guess, you know, same. So, you know, I really don't try to fly too low, um, unless I need to be there and, you know, from what I saw from a judging perspective, um, I don't know, obviously I have no experience in Unlimited yet, but 
with advanced, they didn't really like you being too low. So, um, I really very, yeah, I try to stay about 150, 200 feet at the bottom of the box anyway in advance. So, and that's somewhere around, I guess, 900 feet, 850, something like that. Um, yeah. Where I'm at. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the judges start, really, they don't care too much about popping up the top of the box or being high as, as much as if you start encroaching on the bottom, that's when they really start to yeah, get they nervous, get, I would imagine. Yeah, they get bent out of shape about it. I mean, if you're in control and low, you have a better chance of getting away with it. But, you know, if you're some dick who's on the second figure, you're already skirting the bottom and you're in somewhat of a underpowered airplane. And they, it's like if you're a good judge, you know that there's no way they're going to make up the altitude. You're just going to yeah. get a low. But even that, you know, you don't want to fly too high either. I mean, if you're really being competitive and you want to win, you there's a – you know, there's an area in the box where the judges are looking where you just, you know, want to, you want to make it so easy for them not to do anything and you'll get good scores. Like if they have to start looking up and left and right and all this other crap, you know, while the sun's beating on their head, there's, it's, you know, they don't like that from what I, sure. I've been told. <laughs> so, sure. But yeah. I buy that. Yeah. But that's so cool much of this stuff is just speed. flying for the judges. Yeah. yeah. You know? And that's the cool thing about SIVA or, you know, the international stuff is there's no, there's no, uh, boundary markers. There's no box mark. Well, they they have box markers, but there's no boundary judges. So you really don't have to worry about outs too much, but you know, obviously that's you nice. can't, you, you, you're, you're still judged on presentation and positioning, but it's, I think it's like left, left or left or right, right. Something like that. But you still have to keep it in front of them. You can't be a dick and, you know, yeah. if you fly all the way to the right, you're going to get judged. You're going to get a really bad presentation score, but um, it just takes that pressure off because I remember even at nationals, it's just like, you know, you'll be at the judge's table or something like that. And you'll hear the boundary dress callers and, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but you'll be, you'll hear it be like out left in, oh no, out east in east in like a matter of like a second. And the guy to like wing tip, just like, you know, kiss the boundary out. And then it's like a 40 point point, right? Like just bangs you out 40 points right there. It's like, Oh fuck. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get like a gross bust or something like that. Especially like, was it, um, yeah. was it 2018? Like, I think it was 2018. And I think it was Nats where like the, wi- like, the wind picked up really bad. And I think a bunch of people started, uh, yeah, they'll be in the, the vertical. They'll be in the vertical. The wounds. I mean, then you're you're out. I mean, if the whole plane is out. Yeah. You're out. And you know, but it's just like that. Like when I hear it on the radio, I'm like, as long as they're consistent, it doesn't matter, I guess. But like, it's like out in. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I, like, saw, uh, I saw the pedo tube. The pedo tube yeah. kissed the edge of the edge of the box. Yeah, the sighting device. You know, was out there. But like, so it's it's like, and then you have people out there. I'm sure listening. I'm not trying to be a dick, but like, yeah, you're right. Like, he's out. He's out. Be consistent. But you know, it's just you know that could be a deciding factor. And sure. And it's 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 a tough pill to swallow, man. So I'm not a fan of boundary judges. I'm just not because. And then even the way the boundaries set up with the, when you line up the two things and like, what if that guy like, you know, moved his chair an inch this way. And now like that guy just gained like 50 feet from a, a boundary to box. I don't know, like just get rid of them and then just be judged on presentation and, and be done with it. It's just crazy to lose that many points off of like a, a hair. Is there a line. movement to do, to go that route or has there been talk of that at all? I'm afraid to even bring that up, especially with what's going on, on Facebook, because everybody seems to <laughs> like jump on shit. So I'm like, no, kidding. I want to talk about this, but like, I don't want to have people ram crap down my throat. 
<laughs> well, I, I, especially like on the on like the aerobatic pilots page, like that would be a super interesting discussion to see. Especially because like you have so many foreign aerobatic pilots on there, like it would be real. That would be really cool. But you're right; you probably would see it. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll do it. This would be good to us. But it'd be great too to to, to get. I mean, I don't want to, it sounds bad. Like, let's get rid of this, right? Like, I kind of sound like a douche. But, you know, we're kind of limited on judges, number one. We're limited on volunteers, it seems. It's trending downward. Yeah. So, like, now you can just knock off two volunteers or judges. You can bring them over to the judge's table. And then you can also, you know, make the scoring more efficient because you have less scores to tabulate. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I'll, and I'll, what, I'll, what I'll say, too, is, like, you know, there is this this thing of, you know, certain countries do things certain ways that, okay. But like, there's so much to be said, like some of the European and Russian aerobatic teams and historically it's like, just like this purest form of, of aerial display. Right. Whereas it seems like the U S has taken it and made it more technical. Like, okay, you got to fit it. You got to do these extra nine steps on top of flying perfectly. Now, if you're six feet out, you're, you're out. And it's like, is six feet that high up, you know, I mean, is that, is yeah. that how we want to determine winners and losers and losers or do we just want the, the best flying possible to be pitted against the best flying possible and then see who wins? You know, yeah, there's something I mean, like pure about there's that like a gray area. This is such a gray area in the sport, not at the national. I don't think it should exist at national level, uh, but at the regional level, like, you know, not a lot. I can't, I can count on one hand, the amount of pilots from the Northeast that went to nationals. So, and we have a lot of aerobatic pilots to go to regionals, but just, you know, people just don't go to nationals and I get it. Sure. And it should be a very, nationals should be a very serious contest, serious contest. And it is, but regionals, oh, yeah. you still, yeah, you get graded and it should be fair, but it shouldn't be, you know, like we're not getting paid for it. So it is still has to be a fun aspect of it. You know, there still has to be a want to come back and like, you know, some guy flies, you know, just lights out and, you know, and, oh, I haven't even, I got to be honest, I hear horror stories about scoring, but I, I think the scoring has been fair. I, I got to be honest, but it just has to be fun. It, it has to be fun. And, yeah. you know, sometimes people just take it a little too seriously. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate because that guy's just going to be like, well, f- you know, F this shit. I'm going home. I'm not coming back. Well, and there's <laughs> definitely those people that like, that, t- that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, egos, well, you know, so like, there's, like a, there's a gray there's area. It's like, yeah, you want to like, yeah, it's competition, this and that, but like, yeah, but it's, you know, our, our attendance is kind of declining and like, it's not as, you know, everybody's kind of like a little too serious. So like, we got to like, you know, make it fun and like, and you know what, you're getting a freaking like $20 trophy at the end. And like, nobody even like, if you go to talk to your friends who don't fly, they'll be like, Oh, I'm an airbag. they be like, what the- what is that? <laughs> like, what do you yeah, do? Right. So like, who gives a shit? You know, like 1% and 1% and 1% of people do shit. Like, so, like yeah. who gives a yeah. shit? Like, it's supposed to just have fun. Like, this is supposed to be fun. And, you know, sometimes people just get like all wrapped up in it and, and they forget why they're even doing it. It's just like, who cares? I remember talking to some guy. It was funny. He was going to fly his first sportsman contest. And I was, I don't know, I was hanging out by the starter or something. And I saw the guy in the plane and he was physically... I don't want to say he was like shaking uncontrollably, but like I saw his hands and his hands were shaking. So I walked up and I'm like, dude, like what's up? He goes, oh, I'm just like so amped up. I'm ready. Like, I'm just a little nervous. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, you, you have to go to work on Monday. Right. He goes, yeah. I goes, well, like who cares at this point? This is fun. Like you flew here to have fun. Like nobody at work is going to even care. All these people here 
you know, are dealing with the same crap you're dealing with. The people watching it from the surrounding neighborhood just think it's amazing that an airplane can even fly. Like, just go, yeah. who cares? Just go have fun. Like, go have fun. Yeah, it's not an audition for American Idol. Like, you're already flying an airplane upside down, which is really incredible. Like, so be proud of that and just go have fun. Like, who cares how you do? Like, just don't be dangerous and have fun. <laughs> like, that's it. Do you find, do you find, um, especially at your level, that you have to, that people have to be reminded to, to continue to have, like, enjoy this? Like, you're sacrificing so many things, time, money, energy, <laughs> yeah, uh, to just keep the fun remember to have fun yeah you know it's well that goes into like passion so like it's not fun for me right now learning outside snaps because i i'm just terrible at them like i can get them to go and i can get them to stop but you know it's so mechanical and there's no natural feel to it that it's so frustrating but it feels so weird i've only done i've only done like a couple of them and they were just you know just plain vanilla outside snap and it's so unnatural for me yes. personally and I'm, I'm not used to them but like it's it's i it, yeah yeah everything's kind of like i remember um when i first did one i remember just my like legs just flying everywhere because i had no idea what you know not no idea like the forces i guess that were going to be up so i remember my like foot fell off the pedal or some crap i was just a total idiot and um but yeah you know the more you do the you know you get more and more feel blah 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 but, you know, I know that eventually, God willing, I will get this and it will become natural. So, like, that's like, yeah. so it's like a goal. Like, I have a goal now and and it's not a stagnant. I'm not just going up and doing, you know, advanced figures are hard and, like, I'm not the best at them. But, you know, to go up and just practice three-quarter flicks every day down or, or you know, whatever advanced figure, you know, it's it's not – I'm not getting paid for it. Like, so it's not sure. – it's not fun to just do the same thing over and over. Like, it's, I want to learn or do something more exciting. So – yeah, I can always go, I'm always going to go back to that and try to get better, but I want to learn something new. And sure. You know, so I went flying yesterday and I was doing some and just sucking, you know, as usual. And, you know, you get down, you're like, oh, okay, that kind of stuff. But then you're like, all right, well, you know, I remember when I couldn't even like roll in the vertical at all. And I sucked at that. And I thought I'd never be able to do that. So this is just like a step and you'll get through this. And then it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I got, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to keep working. And, you know, and it's fun. Like, I love, I love flying acro. I love when I start getting like individual figures and nailing them. And, you know, cause there's just nothing like, you know, when you can really put the plane in every, every position and work the wind and which I'm, and I'm not even good at this stuff and I'm just constantly working at this stuff. And like, sometimes like, you know, you end up hitting the stuff right. And it's just like, ah, oh, that was fucking cool. Like I got to try to like get that again, you know? No better they're feeling feeling when it clicks and you're just like holy shit that yeah was awesome. yeah even with snap like i'm not i love snaps but i'm sure shit not the best out there and you know sometimes you get that sweet spot where like you know you just it's like almost like the perfect golf swing sometimes like everything just the conditions are right you know everything work every limb is doing what it needs to be it speeds right and like it just like it almost happens on its own and it's cool. And then the other times I'm just like, oh, fuck, <laughs> right in the bull. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> but it's a cool sport. It's just, you know, I I wish more people were involved. I really do. And and not even I'm so shocked much. that not everybody loves it. Or I, that, that not everybody wants to be involved. Right? Because In everybody way. I speak to about it either gets involved somehow will like get the magazine or you know, or whatever the membership or, you know, just follow it and, you know, follow it on YouTube or, or talk about it. And, 
and everything like that. And, you know, hopefully some of them will get into it or I've gotten into it, but I think that, um, it'd be great just to see people or let people know, like, just go to a competition. That's what I used to, I just go to a competition. You don't need an airplane, go to a competition, volunteer, or just, just go. go, just go, just go and watch. Like yeah. I loved going to the competitions and watching for a day. I mean, after two yeah. days, it's like everybody's doing the same shit. So it's a little boring, but you know, the first day is fun. You go and watch and see some airplanes, see some acro, and then, you know, go home and, you know, go to work, save your money and, and get something. Yeah. And so, and this is one of the things too, especially um, that I know from flying warbirds is that most of the knowledge is passing the hangar, you know, after the flying's all done anyway. So it's like, yeah. if you can get around some people talking acro and, right. and talking about what it's like to compete, it, it you can just absorb that stuff like a sponge. And, it, and to me, that's one of the funnest aspects of any kind of like uh, camaraderie type of flying, like competition aerobatics would be, you know, it's like you just get I'm to hear so- people shoot the shit. And that's why I'm so excited with Jim. I mean, again, I don't know him well at all. I've talked to him on the phone and, and he's really cool to talk to, but he's so enthusiastic and he, I think he's so, he's such an approachable guy. And I think that's going to really benefit, you know, the, um, the IFC. And yeah, uh, you know, if you could just get that, you know, if you just get their attention for five minutes, five minutes, I mean, it'd be incredible. You see some of these, like uh, the other areas of the EAA, whether it's warbirds, ultralights, blah, blah, blah you know, people are involved in and, and it's all, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It seems like it's all, I agree. No, I, I think it is. And I, you know, Jim's done some cool stuff like, uh, you know, he was working on, um, I don't know if he, if he still is working on it, but you know, like he was doing some online critiquing, which was cool. And then developing some software to be able to like judge stuff remotely, yeah. um, more accurately. I think I that's a that cool was element awesome. In fact, I should have told you, you know, and it's tough too. Cause I'm like such like a, I don't know, call me, I'm not, what's the right word? I'm such a hypocrite because I won't send in my videos. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it was cool like to see like, you know, him doing it and watching other people fly. I'm just, I'm like my, I'm like my own worst enemy with that. I'm, I, it's like, I watch myself fly and I just cringe the whole time because you know exactly what little area you do. So I'm just like, oh God. You know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. So, but yeah, he was doing it and I thought he, even when he was speaking, like he was just an, he's just an entertaining guy. Like even like yeah. <laughs> the music, the intro music, yeah, it was cool. That's and, super, uh, super interesting to watch. And he's, he's super, um, I don't know. Like there is an so element approachable. Like, this is yeah. very approachable. Exactly. Yeah. And I hope, um, I mean, I'd love to see some sort of ability to, you know, put, put these competitions live and maybe do some, um, you know, I don't want to see the sport, uh, again, this is outsider looking in, but I don't want to see the sport maybe turn to like all zoom, zoom competitions and, and remote. But at the same time, like if you got more people, if I could be involved all the time, even when there's a contest in Texas that I can't make, but I can watch it and be involved that might generate, especially like the younger, um, or not younger, but just, um, the newer, the newer crowds to kind of get in. Cause then there's some, there's content, you know, we're yeah. all hungry for content. So that's why um, I was kind of like talking to you about, a while, a couple weeks ago with doing like, you know, this, this show, um, um, with, with myself and whomever and doing like a monthly YouTube thing and getting reports in from all the contests, maybe some clips, you know, talking, doing like a phone call with each seed, you know, contest director and just letting people like, like what happened? Like, what was the cool thing? Like who made a boo boo? you know, blah, 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 some funny talk. And like, and that's it. And let people like get the outreach going of like, cause I have no idea what goes on in West coast contest. To me, that's like, 
you know, that's Chinese to me. It's a different world. Well, that's, and that's, that's the thing is like all these chapters, like unless you're like in an area where like the the chapters are like condensed or the chapters are really active in regional and national competitions. I would imagine that some of these chapters, it's, it's like, they're like tribes, you know, it's like, you don't go outside your tribe. You don't meet anybody else. And, you know, like there's certainly people like that, that, you know, they have an airplane that they don't go outside of a local competition, but um, even on that level, like, you know, you are a national and world competitor, you know, that you will come across more chapters than anybody and more people competing than anybody. And even then it's like, you're not going to see, you, you know, why would you come out to like Kalinga and compete or Corvallis? Yeah. Like there just would be no need to do that. And so you're yeah. not going to see any of those people that won't go to a centralized competition like nationals. Right. And it just, that would cool be super fun. It would just be cool yeah. to get people that like the two CDs from what you want to call it from, um, from the West coast and East coast talking. That'd be so, it would be really cool to do a, um, a show like that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all for you putting that together and, and doing that. Cause I, I, I mean, that's why I started this podcast. It was just kind of like, Hey, let's get, let's talk about this fun stuff. There's so many podcasts that talk about, Oh yeah. You know, I rented a 172 last month and man, I went into class Bravo airspace. It was crazy. And it's like, yeah. and it's oh my God, I can't. That I hate. It's like, how did you get involved? How old yeah. are you? Like, like, give me, like, everybody's heard this story a million times. Like, I want to know, like, all the dirt. I want to know all the drama. Oh, yeah. Give me all the, give me, give me what's going well, on. I, <laughs> I have, I have 20 questions that I haven't even asked you yet. And none of them are like, how did you get into flying? How did yeah, you, yeah. What, tell me about your first aeromatic <laughs> flight. Like, well, if, you're, if um, you could have three air, if you could fly any plane for the rest of your life, what would it be? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, like, I, cool, I, but like, I just, I'm not into like me personally. As far as listening to something like, I would just be, I had already clicked out of it and like just been like, I'm done with this. I can't. Yeah, it's it's all cookie cutter stuff, and it's like, especially like at this level, like, like I love I love being able to talk aerobatics and competition stuff, like from a like from a kind of a technical aspect of it, like you know, even like diving in deep to like the politics and the dynamics of like how competition works, and it doesn't have to be like berating people or shit talky or, or, or picking a side of, of no, some political no. agenda, but it's just like the inner workings of all this stuff are really interesting. And yeah, um, no, it'd be cool to be like, get the guy on who like zeroed in the unknown. It was like, oh, I was killing it. This and that. And all of a sudden I was thinking, you know, about work and I zeroed a stupid, yeah. it's like, ah, you know, like crap like that. That, that yeah. sounds stupid, but it's different. You know, it's gotta be different. No, it's like, what got you? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what, what made that happen? You know, that yeah. that's, I love that kind of stuff. And there's so, so yeah. many cool personalities, like everywhere, you know, obviously the country is huge. So, you know, and I'm from New York, so everybody's got their, their things to say about New York that are usually true. <laughs> and, my opinion, <laughs> and, you know, Midwest, you know, central, you know, in the middle of the country, in the middle of the country and the West coast is West coast. And like, everybody's so different. Yep. So it's, it's cool for me to like, you know, I didn't know Aaron McCartan, who's a totally cool dude. Um, Till I met he's him. such a nice guy. Oh, he's like he's just incredible. He's such a super guy, and I didn't meet him until uh, I met him in Romania. Well, I kind of heard of him, but you know, to me, he was like you know this super guy, you know, incredible pilot. And I met him in Romania. He's just cool, cool guy. I wish I would have known earlier. You know, same thing with Mike Lance and you know AJ Johnny Wacker down in Alabama. Like these guys are just like salt of the earth, like super, super great guys that would do anything for people. And, yeah. you know, it'd be great to, to get them interacting or just to, 
I'm sure people would want to hear what they have to say because they've just been around the sport for so long and they have so much knowledge to give. Hundred percent, and that's it's it's such a funny thing. You know, I've talked to a couple of people about like, hey, like you know, jump on the podcast, and I would love to you know chat it up and 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 shoot the shit, and you could tell a little bit of your story of like cool stuff you've flown and and why and the ins and outs, and they're just like, oh, nobody wants to hear that, and I'm like, trust no. me, this is cool stuff. You know, like this is this is what people like us want to hear. You know, that yes, there are people that don't want to hear this because it's like that. You know, for somebody that doesn't want to compete or is terrified of doing anything in an airplane that's even remotely uh you know unusual this is maybe not for them maybe it is but you know at yeah, least for I the mean, people that are like us we're, we love it even someone like the like i don't have any connections to any of the air show guys but even the guys that are doing acro and warbirds that i see that look like really cool guys they'd be fun to talk to there's yeah. some, i'm trying to think of his name off the top of my head he flies a, a mustang he does some really cool acro it's like scott yoke um, I don't know. It's like a so it's a silver Mustang with a black nose or something, yeah. but he flies it really, really yep. well. And like he oh, seems yeah. like a totally cool dude to talk to and just get like He does he does know. four points on the upline in a P fifty one Mustang. <laughs> oh really? Like that's it's awesome. insane. I mean a four point roll on the upline <laughs> on it in a P fifty one Mustang. Like that's yeah uh, for Warburg guys I mean like nobody else I've never seen anything anybody else do that. Oh totally. Um, yeah, that's that's super really cool. cool. And like even like you know what would be really neat that nobody's really done to is Getting some of these manufacturers on, like uh, Philip Steinbeck and Walter yes, or uh, I don't think, well, maybe he would get on it, but like just get we could probably get Eric on. on to talk. I mean, I mean, he's got an inner working, you know, Eric Extra. I mean, I'm sure he would want to yeah. do it. Walter would probably want to do it, and I think and that's another, just want to hear about. It. Like, I want to hear about that. Like, screw everybody yeah. else. I'll call. I'll call. <laughs> You're like, hey, what's that's up? That's what I'm saying. I, I just want to hear about it, and I'll just record it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People want to listen. <laughs> But that'd be so cool. And like, even like with Aaron's plane, you know, Aaron's got that Panzo that's really all hopped up yeah. and it's really incredible plane. Like I know nothing oh, yeah. about the guy who like, the, like that whole story with buying, I don't know if he bought it from Stortica and then it was Pan. Like I kind of, I know it was a Stortica and now it's a Panzo, but it's different. Like I have no idea really, you know, with that airplane. And I'd love to like hear that whole thing from like, like if Aaron and I don't know the guy's name, Mr. Panzo or whatever would come yeah. on the show. You know, that'd be like a really cool topic because, you know, that plane is, is like so underground, like that. I wish there, there were more in them. And I know, but I know nothing. Nobody know. knows anything about them. <laughs> no. And, and in fact, Aaron, um, he educated me on, I mean, we talked at length, um, through Facebook messenger about the Panzel and it's, it's super cool. I mean, obviously they're amazing airplanes and it's so funny, you know, um, this is this is inside baseball for <laughs> for you and I, but like the discussion on the meltdown on on Facebook today by somebody over you know remarks oh on the panzel. It's just like that's the problem. Is like people like they like read it and they're like like if I went on Facebook and I was like Mark, you're such an a hole. Like then like you'd be like, oh, why would you call me an ass? Like it's like it's just there's no tone to the there's no tone to the uh, the typing. So people are like what the <laughs> like they get all like like fucked up about it and i'm just like god oh god like fucking chill man <laughs> it's just yeah fucking... no people take and life like, too seriously it's too it's so annoying and it's like i don't get people sometimes like if you don't like what's going on or whatever like like just be like hey dude like what do you mean by that or like hey like kind of that's kind of fucked up can you like cool it or like hey like i'm just gonna leave like then leave like just don't like start like like thinking that like other people are being jerks when they're just trying to have a good time exactly exactly well crap man i i have to go pick up kids now i could dude i could talk to you all day i could talk to you all day 
Um, we should do this. We I should do have, a, uh, yeah. a huge uh, Mark and Jeff and maybe matcha show. That's what we'll call it. Mark and Jeff and maybe matcha. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, I, I love it, dude. Cause um, I, I, my first question or my first topic that I wanted to talk to you about, um, I made a mention on my first podcast. I said the extra 200 was the unsung hero of aerobatic airplanes. And I know you own an extra 200 and I want to talk I own, about, I own two of them. Why? That's even crazier. Okay. I didn't even know that. Um, so I want to have you back cause you've flown the GB one. Um, I want to talk about that. And I really want to talk about some technical aspects of the airplanes you've flown and like how you've set up your three thirty. of course, as long as nothing's secret and you're willing to share that. Um, but like, I want to talk about some of these airplanes from a technical aspect and, and so much more. So I want to have you back on. Um, yeah. I super, super appreciate you coming on. Um, is there anything you want to plug anything for like the teams donations, anything? Cause obviously, uh, all the financial burden is on you guys. 2021 is right around the corner and then things are going to hopefully ramp back up again. Um, yeah. anything anybody can do to, to donate or, or anything you want to plug right now? All we got is IAC.org. You can go on the, the team site. There's a link to donate. Everything's 501c. So you get a uh, tax deduction from it from almost perfect. Uh, we're perfect, working yeah. on some stuff, but there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of, rules now and laws that you can't do certain things when it's this and that so we're figuring it out it's just you know it's tough so we wanted to do some type of raffle i wanted to try to contact bonehead and see if they might donate a helmet that we can raffle off but with that like then it's got to go through to 501c and this and yeah. that so hopefully we figure it out um but yeah the financial burden is <laughs> it's all on us Fucking it's huge crazy. no and it's huge and it's um so how Let's see. Oh, my, my wife might be taking uh, the kids to go pick up the other kids. So I might, I might have a stay of execution to talk to you longer if you're willing to talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we can cut this up. How much more time do you have? I got, what time is it? Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Four o'clock here, seven o'clock there. Yeah. We'll just talk till, uh, seven fifteen. I can do. Deal. Deal. Um, so obviously this year being a buy year, um, was that, was that, you know, in, in some ways, is that, is that good for preparing for the next year and not overtraining and overflying and then being, I mean, it's not like next year is the end goal. Every year is going to be tough, but was there any benefit to, to that, uh, that break this year? Pretty, yeah. For the advanced team, it was, it was, it was really beneficial. I mean, we kind of, you know, we able to do more team camps, get closer with the team. And that's something that, you know, Rob has a lot of, um, uh, knowledge on and and I think it's going to come into play really good in, in working as a team we kind of started doing that we actually have another camp in October the 23rd that we're trying to get everybody there and again it's it's hard because we're just we're so spread apart so it makes it really difficult um, but yeah it's hugely beneficial for the United States pretty unlimited kind of sucks because those guys got to wait you know it's every other year for the contest the world contest now you just added on an additional year. So if you just jumped up in category to unlimited, now you're waiting like two or three years to do your first contest. So it kind of blows, but sure. Um, so like somebody like Aaron, like I kind of feel bad for because you know the guy trained his whole life and he's ready to do it. And freaking COVID hits. And it's like, Oh, you got to wait a year. So it's- <laughs> I know, I know. No, and I was, uh, you know, and like what last year he was going to be the unlimited fill in. Right. And then like that didn't happen. Yeah, something I don't know what happened. I didn't even talk to him about that, but 
I saw him flying at nationals and, you know, his first year flying, he was flying really, just really, really good. And, um, you know, it's just, Aaron's just a great, great pilot. And, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of potential with the, with the U S and unlimited. There's a lot of people coming up. Um, and there's, you know, there's just people that like AJ is just, I can, he just flying really, really good. And, um, Rob's really flying good. I, I don't know about Goody. If Goody's coming back. Um, but is he but off the team? I don't know. I know he heard his, he, he got hurt or something like that. But he's okay. one of my favorite guys to to watch fly. He's just he's kind of like I he's amazing. He's like, yeah, he's kind of like he, he he's like the, the the best guy that like never made it or something. Yeah, he's just he, you watch him. Fly, does that make he, sense? Yeah, he just has this like incredible, incredible style where it's like. He just nobody else really flies like him. He's just very, um, he's just very controlled, and he's just, uh, he's just so quick. And um, I just, I really enjoy watching him fly. I really do. And he's, he's an incredible dude. I mean, I spoke to him after nationals a little bit, which was awesome. And you know, because he's the whole package. I mean, he's an incredible pilot. He's a great, you know, he's got a family and just cool dude. And he's just doing. He's just a, a really good guy to look up to. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, gosh, I, I, I had something on the tip of my tongue and it just left me. Um, <laughs> are, so is your goal next year, uh, are, what are your prospects as far as moving from advanced to unlimited? Um, you know, it's as far as the team goes. Well, we're going to do the worlds next year and then, you know, I do want to move up to unlimited, but it goes back to like how we started this whole thing off. It's like, I'm not going to show up to a contest just to, to, you know, make it through or fly poor figures. So I don't know how long it's going to take me. Cause you know, with the family and work, you know, it's like, I might not be able to fly or practice. So, um, it depends how long it takes me to learn all the figures and it's a big catalog. You know, there's just so much stuff to learn and like, sure. It's not like you can just learn somebody's. Well, I can't, you know, some of these figures are just, they're so, um, they're so hard to do well. Um, yeah. So I'm excited, but I don't think I'm going to be really competitive for another couple of years. I'm limited at least. I just, unless I was going to fly like every day. So I'm sure. Just, sure. Going to keep at it and see what happens. I don't want to really put a timeline on that kind of stuck in, in intermediate for a just while. Just go with the flow. Yeah. Just go and keep it fun. Like I feel like I, you know, you look at mammoth stuff, the guy's like 50 something years old and winning. So I think I got a decent amount of time left and, yeah. uh, you know, keep it fun. There's so many people I see get into the sport and then, you know, they just fly every day, every day, every day for like four years. Sure. And then they're gone. Like, just like burnt out. So I just, yeah. Yeah. Wobbly, so I don't want to do that. I, I, yeah, I can see that. I mean, especially like at the unlimited level, there must be such a, I mean, we already talked, you know, physiology and mental state, but like, I mean, if you, if you do something wrong or if you fly hard, I mean, because I'm sure there's, there certainly is a, a level of, you know, you could fly your body way too hard. Yeah. And I bet some of these people just beat themselves up to a point where like, I mean, there might be permanent injury or at least long lasting physical issues where you're just like, you just can't, can't do that forever. Yeah. I feel like everybody knows an unlimited pilot that, or if you've been in competition long enough, you know, somebody that's got a, either a neck injury or a back injury. Like those yeah. are the two most common ones that I hear about. Like some, usually the guys with neck injuries, like they don't fly anymore because it's that bad. And the back injury ones have usually stepped down in category or somebody yeah. gets the wobblies, like doesn't want to do unlimited anymore and they'll stick to advanced. So like, sure. 
you know, I'm kind of lucky that I know these people. It sucks that it happened to them, but I'm kind of like, okay, don't do that. That's how you learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, yeah. Yeah. You so, learn from it. Absolutely. They, they kind of, you know, paved the way for us not getting hurt almost. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. But, um, um, with the, uh, so one person is not on the advanced team that is moving airplanes and I don't want to name names just cause I don't want to out anybody, even yeah. though it's like, nobody's going to listen to this podcast anyway. So who cares? Right. Watch get like <laughs> It's going to get like a hundred thousand. <laughs> right. It's going to go viral. Me talking um, about a man crush on Goody Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that'd make a good t-shirt. I have a man crush on Goody Thomas. He's just such I, a cool, dude. I do too, man. Cool dude. He's just such a cool dude. And he's, a, he's like, I think he's a, he's an, him and Rob are like the, the incredible pilots. Like just the two best he's guys a in the super country. pilot. Watching his videos on YouTube, I, I he he's one of those guys I could watch all day. I mean, he's phenomenal. Oh my god, he's a phenomenal pilot. And like I said, yeah. it's like I feel I really do feel like he's like the guy that never made it in terms of like he could easily be a Rob Holland. Like he could easily do air shows and be a superstar. He's he's yeah. that good. He could be a world champion. I think. I mean, really, just funny he could too. Be a world like, you know, I love watching videos of of whomever fly. You know. And like you watch these unlimited guys fly when you're, you know, low in category or whatever, you're like, God, oh, it's freaking awesome. Now all of a sudden, like I'm trying to move up into their category and I'm like, Oh shit. Like, ah, oh, fuck. I'm going to get ruined by them. <laughs> Just like, I gotta be, I gotta be them or beat them. Yeah. And it's like, Holy yeah. shit. Now this is not fun to watch. Cause like they are really, really good and I suck. <laughs> so this might be a good segue for the question I was going to ask them. Cause um, you know, you're seeing some planes shifting around in the unlimited team by a couple people. Um, to new airplanes um is there has there been a that you know of or that you can speak to kind of a concerted effort to um for lack of a better phrase like get more serious what are you talking about and as far as you know a couple uh, so i'm trying to be i'm trying to be vague without being too specific i just don't want to like there people are selling airplanes and buying new airplanes uh at the in the higher levels of the teams right so like okay um you see, kind of see where I'm going here. Has there been talk of, of kind of like, okay, let's, we can make a move now, get ready and then be, and then, and, you know, kind of smack, smack the competition at, at nationals and worlds next year. Like, has there been talk of, of getting, I'm not, I say getting more serious. Like you guys aren't insanely serious and professional <laughs> and like that really d- dumbs down what you guys are doing. I don't, I don't mean it to be at all, but like, just more of like, Hey, uh, we're limited by airplane. We need to step it up. Okay. So people that, so yeah, you see what I mean? So yeah. yeah. So there's so many, there's an incredible amount of airplanes out there. I mean, I forget there was, I remember there was a couple guys like a couple of years ago flying limited in in pits and just whooping ass. So at a, I think at regionals and stuff, it's, it's more of a, uh, the magician, not the wand. But once you get into like, you know, flying in front of some of these CV judges and, and really wanted to make it look tight and good, you know, you need the right machine that you can start low and finish wherever you want to. And there's not a lot of airplanes that can do it. Um, the only two that I feel that are really capable of doing that are the, uh, it's the SC and the MX. I mean, the MX yeah. is, is more than capable. That thing is just a total hot rod. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's just some- and that's kind of what you see people gravitating towards, which is, um, which is in, not, not interesting, but um, people that are selling airplanes and buying airplanes, new airplanes right now like there's a few and they're all going mx no yeah no i, no, I take that back no it is actually split sorry because i thought well, one was going mx and he's actually going sc 
but um yeah yeah i mean the mx is great the you know the biggest the, the biggest selling point for me in getting the sc and it was a really hard buy to purchase the sc because you know both of my testicles are gone from selling them to afford it um <laughs> and um is is the fact that you can they're so accessible throughout the world so yeah. whether you go into whatever world contest you know and the community is so small you can you know, phone a friend or whatever, and or share yeah. something together, and and you make it work. And borrow an airplane, borrow a part for your airplane, yeah, whatever you need. Totally. So I don't have a lot of experience flying a ton of the, all the SCs. I, mean, I notice people out there that have well, like dozens of them and this and that. But for the most part, you know, you can you, you get into it and and you'll be able to to fly it really well. You know, within a, for me, it took you know like two flights or something, and I was almost dialed in and then after the third or fourth flight, I was pretty dialed into it from flying somebody else's. So that's sure. the best aspect of it. So I, I've never flown an MX. I've just seen them fly and they look incredible, but they lack, you know, the European presence. So, you know, we're going to check next year and the only way, unless, you know, MX sold something recently, which they might have, you know, and, but that person's also got to be willing and there's only probably going to be a couple of them over there where, I think extra right now is on serial number hundred. So right, for right, SCs. and they're not. Yeah, MX is just not pumping out the air. They're not pumping the airplanes out in quantity, and I mean they, they're not hitting the foreign market at all yet. Really, I, I mean, yeah, maybe so, there's uh, you know a couple out there. I don't know, but um, so most for, MXs are going to be by the U.S. team. So for me, like if I was at a level of flying a limited where you know I felt I was capable of winning a world competition, which. I can't even imagine how, what that would take. You know, then it doesn't matter what airplane you MX or actually you're going to ship your own airplane because you need your own airplane to win. That's, yeah. that's what I feel. But for advanced worlds, you know, to spend, to ship your airplane, spend, gosh, probably 30 something thousand, 40 grand to compete, not to knock advanced, but to compete at the advanced world when your main goal is unlimited, that's, you know, I just don't have that kind of cash to, to distribute to ship my own airplane for that if i was a multi-millionaire then and i wanted to to do that then you know that's a different story but i'm just that's just not sure where I'm at. so the extra sure. really helps fill that void where i can you know call somebody or go partners with somebody and, and get an airplane over there and save a ton of money and you know i'd be excited to fly an mx i think that um they just they they seem like just powerhouses um, in fact, you know, in advanced, I can, you know, even the SC, I'm not even fly, I'm flying powered back in advanced the whole sequence. So I can't even imagine what the MX is like. So I just think it's, uh, it's exciting, you know, to, to have a little bit more, you know, variety of airplanes in the contest. Cause there's something cool about the fact that everybody flies SC. So you kind of see who, who's really good, who's really not. But it really, it really separate, or it really takes the variability out of it, and you really just see pilot skill versus pilot skill, which is cool, right? And yeah, exactly. But you know, from like a the spectator point of view, and just from I don't want to call it the industry, but from the you know the the market of international competition or aerobatic competition, it's really neat to see like different airplanes getting involved. But at this point, extra is just taking such a strong grip of the the market where everybody has one now and you know they they just they have a they have a great product and they have they they back it up with 
with whatever. And it, it's, it's hard to, to compete it with somebody like that. Who's, who's got this much of a foothold in it. You know? yeah. and, and that's the, that's the real tough thing. I mean, I wish MX the best and I, I think they're going to be around for a while. And um, I hope Do you think them being domestically, is- domestically um, headquartered is a hindrance to even adoption by foreign teams? Domestically, I thought they were headquartered in uh, Australia. I thought they just moved everything to Savannah. Is that just like did they not move their headquarters to Savannah? Oh, I didn't, that must have been recent. I don't know. Um, they moved. They just moved some. Maybe it's just one of their like finishing facilities oh, or cool. something, but. Maybe they are still located in Australia. So, okay. So yeah, I guess I, think, I take, I guess I take that back a little bit, but I mean, obviously extra being they, the easiest to acquire yeah. out there, but regardless, they're still not in Europe. And that's, I think that's the biggest yeah. issue. And, you know, I think Rob is, is, is such a great, I don't know if he's meant to be it, but he's almost the face of the company. And yeah, you know, he is. Flying, oh yeah. him flying the way he does. It's like, you know, there's no excuse airplane of, of, if you get it, it's it's on you to do well because the airplane can do it. And yeah, I think no, that, he 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 should have been given an airplane for free if he wasn't. Because yeah, he's I mean I think he's solely responsible for selling almost every MX because everybody watches him yeah. do what you know whatever cool air show tumble he's doing these days and just like absolutely draw hit the floor and go I I want one <laughs> give me that oh yeah <laughs> even like absolutely. Like, even where I camp and like he does, he did something to his, uh, he's got a bonehead and got some type of like interior lining with it from, I don't know, some aviation company online. I'm so bad with names. And I tried his on and I'm like, ah, oh, I got to have it. And he's like, Oh, just call and tell you what, tell him you want what Rob Holland has. I'm like, all right, cool. Call them up. Like, <laughs> I want what Rob Holland has. <laughs> such an ass. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the guy is just, guy's incredible. But yeah, the MX, uh, it's and it's a cool it's a really cool looking plane in fact you know i hate to say it but it really kind of it's to me it's just as sexy as an extra oh it it looks it looks very fast i mean it it, it's such a sleek um i don't know if if futuristic is like the right word but it's it's a beautiful airplane huge i mean like the rat presence is just incredible yeah i don't know i'd be you know i'd be really excited to see it in different paint scheme because the only ones we've really seen in America for the most part has been Rob's and it's a dark color. So black. <laughs> yeah. So like, I wonder what it would look like all red or, um, what should we call it? Or, uh, I don't think it would look good in green, um, or something, but I think all red in that airplane has an MXS with some, that'd be striking. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I, I hope that they get more of them out there. Hope more people buy them. I gotta be honest. Cause you know, everybody's got an extra and, Soon the market's yeah. going to pop on them, and I'm going to lose a ton of money. And mine's going to be worth nothing. <laughs> go buy. You know, it's 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 yeah. Uh, that that is the funny thing. You know, the extra is really like you know, it's the, for all intent and purpose, like the only game in town as far as single seat unlimited aerobatic airplane. That's I mean, that's that's ninety nine percent of those out there are at three thirty SE. Yeah, and then you have like this other one percent that's like all vying for like one or two percent of the market share. And you know what's really you know I'm just thinking with the MX two, yeah, everybody knows you know all the gossip and not gossip, but everybody knows what happened you know with uh, that guy Nigel over there and like yeah, thank God he's alive and fucking crazy, right? But the yeah. MX, the MX, from one I have never heard anything about it being bad as far as recovering from like whatever condition. 
So as far as I know, from what people have told me and, and what I've seen, it seems like, a, you know, obviously it's an unstable plane, it's an aerobatic plane, but for the most part, yeah. it's, it's stability is, is good. I mean, it seems recoverable. It's not like some of these other airplanes where like, you know, you got this. No, it doesn't have any bad habits. No. And that's a great thing. Cause sometimes these airplanes, like I remember flying, I'm not going to mention what it was, but I was flying an airplane and like this was shaking and like it, like, I don't know. It was just a weird recovery where it just didn't feel like it was like the rudder was really that affected as it needed to be. And it was just like funky, just, you know, it wasn't an extra or something like that. But, um, but yeah, from what I've seen and, and watching even the Adam flight, you know, Adam Messenheimer's on the team. He's, fluent, he's really flying incredible, you know, and, and the plane is just going where he wants to put it. And there's, and it's not, he's not jockeying it around. He's not wrestling with it. It's, it's smooth. And, you know, it seems, and it presents really well and you can bring it down to the floor, which is really cool. So you can put it right where you need to be and you don't have to start high and finish it and all sort of crap. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, again, I won't mention, I won't mention the plane or the pilot, but, um, which, you know, people listening were like, well, what the hell dude? But, yeah. um, you know, it somebody had posted this was schmecking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was going to reference the, the video that I, I'm, I'm sure you remember this, but, um, um, I think it was doing an outside snap and the airplane just like unloaded and started, um, you know, going into a, I think it just kind of went into a spin. Yeah. And, you know, that down low, you know, he was extremely fortunate to recover. Super frightening. And, and everybody's like, had yeah, like, it's like crazy things happen. I had a canopy, I was flying the 200 and there was a, um, I had the whole canopy explode and the rail stayed on all the glass exploded out in the middle of a snap roll. Oh and, my God. Yeah. So like if I posted that, people are like, Oh, I'm never buying an extra. Like there's the extra, such a piece of shit. Such a two out of five stars. Do it. Yeah. I'm going to yelp the shit out of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, the problem is, is that everybody's so quick to like, think you're bashing something where like, you just got to put the information out there. And like, at the end of the day, it's your money, it's your life. And like, you come up with whatever you're an adult, you know, we know 14 year olds buying an aerobatic lane. And you buy what you think, like use your head and yep. make your own judgment and and go with it. Like you can't, all these people that get so bent out of shape off of it, like, all right. Like, so like, that's the, that it happened, but you it's know, like their baseball team. It's like, yeah. they get so, <laughs> they take it so personal. And there's like, some of these people don't even own the airplane they're defending yeah. or, or, or yeah. bashing the other airplane. It's like, you know, yeah. all right guys, like, you know. All these airplanes, like you know, all these airplanes are top top airplanes. I mean, you know, like even on Facebook, we rag on the or I do. I I say we, not you, but other people that I know. You know, we rag on the Gen Pro because I, I don't want I won't throw you under the bus because you're not ragging on it. But like, you know, we just talk a little smack about the Gen Pro, and it's like it to, it's to so me it is all in good like, fun. I saw that, and like like there was some rag on like some like on the Gen Pro with like a tail wheel, right? Like who? Who in their right mind, like if I was looking at the Gen, I don't know anything really about the Gen Pro. I, it, I've seen a video fly. It looks like it could fly pretty cool. But like, yeah, if you're going after an aerobatic plane, you're going to buy one. Like, can you imagine that guy going like, hey, this thing is unlimited capable. I love the way it flies, but I just can't buy it because of that tail wheel. Like, it's so fucking ridiculous. Like, it's, Oh, yeah. It's just so ridiculous. Like, it's a fucking joke. And like, people are like, oh, well, this is like, it's just like, relax, man. It's a tailwheel. It's a joke. We're not like, you're not serious. It's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. can find people, stuff, yeah. stuff, like the extras, extras break. 
Like the only airplane oh, I yeah. breaking is the Sukhoi. And the problem with the Sukhoi is, you know, the motor is like, technically you gotta always fuck around with the motor. But like the Sukhoi is the only airplane that I don't, well, they had the rear spar attachment thing that broke on the 31s, but you know, that airplane is built like a brick shit house. And, but it's built out of like titanium and all this other crap. And it probably cost, oh, yeah. cost like a million dollars if it wasn't built by the Soviets. So like, yep. you know, the extras, game birds, MX, they all fucking break. Like it just happens. Yeah. You're flying plus oh, yeah. whatever, but umpteen and negative this. And well, like shit is going to break. And you're putting these airplanes to the limit and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and everybody knows about the brakes. Like if you're in, if you're flying, if you're looking to get an unlimited capable plane, whether at the time, you know, you're looking at 300S before the SC, or you're looking at SCs, like everybody knows about the, the, the SCs, the first seven or, or nine and them with, with some D-line problems. And like, everybody knows about yep. it. So like, talk about it. Who cares? Because at the end of the day, who's ever going to buy it is going to know about it and they'll make their own decision. Yeah. And, and that's not a, you know, there's so much to, where people want to keep this stuff under wraps, which I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I always have been like, you know, this, no, like, you can't. Oh, this, there was an incident or an accident and like, don't talk about it. And it's like, no, like it, you, first of all, it, it can almost, well, not always, but there's a large probability it's, it can be contributed to pilot error. But if it's not, if, if, you know, a is not talking to B, then you may not discover a problem that is, manifesting itself in these airplanes and catching something before it's too late. Yeah. And you know, like wing, wing D lamb. Like, I mean that, that happened. Yeah. That, it was seven of them, right? I don't first know. Seven? Like the first one. Something, yeah, like that? something like that. Yeah. And like, yeah, it fucking happened. They fixed it and it's good. And the same thing with like all these yeah. other manufacturers, like, Oh, this shoot. Okay. Let's fix this. MX had the, the issue, I think with, uh, uh, I shouldn't even talk. I don't know what I'm talking about. They had some type of issue. So, with, something, with, yeah. Something. The, what was that? Uh, yeah. No, no. It was with the. Um, oh, what was it? It's going to drive me nuts because the the one of the, I don't mention which one, but you know, you just fixed it, beefed it up, and it's fine. It wasn't like a crazy yeah. like thing that the airplane is going to fucking you know kill somebody. There's, like, there's oh, a firewall. I think it was. A, yeah, firewall thing or or whatever. Yeah, with, and uh, they fixed it and this and that. Yep. But like, yeah. I mean, Rob puts that thing through. Oh God, it's it's like you almost feel bad for the plane, and you know, like lands and it's together, and he does it a million times. So, if nobody is know, putting an airplane through its paces harder, I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I would say that freestyle is way more abusive to an airplane than competition. Yeah, would it not? Or is that is that a fair statement? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, and and that and he's the freestyle champion. I mean, he's he's yeah. the man. I mean, he's doing things in, in that airplane that you know very. Few I think it's more abusive any other to the motor, but yeah, torsionally and and but yeah, whatever. He just fucking find the balls off of this thing. I mean, yeah. and that's why I think MX is starting to sell airplanes because they're like, well, if it can land after going through that and be together and nothing wrong, then like I sure as shit I'm not going to do nearly that, so I should be good and i'll be okay yeah <laughs> yeah and to me you know that's a that's a pretty legitimate you know statement that i can be like okay i'll buy that i can buy into that yeah but yeah. you know and you, you can just find negatives with every fucking every manufacturer but at the end of the day you well, gotta, that's why that's why extra buy what you that's why buy. extra has sold them yeah oh totally well that's why extra has the pedigree that it does i mean it, it you know yes stuff has broken yes wings have delaminated yes people have smacked the horizontal stab into the rudder doing tail slides and yeah oh yeah remember that and, and worse like you know so many people so many people oh yeah you know 
and but yet here we are one of the safest if not the safest aerobatic airplane on the planet is is the extra 330 sc as far as you know accidents go and and fatalities go i mean extra in general just a tremendously safe record um, yeah there's, there's so uh, these other airplanes will get there you know mx is you know they're trying to play catch up on an airplane that's got what 30 years on them with extra i mean yeah and yeah, um, you know the issue i think with the mx that nobody really talks about the issue is that that airplane is just so freaking unlimited it's just such an amazing machine and you know let's face it the 300l can't even hold a candle to that airplane so no you know it's a different little, different ballpark totally so it's the 300l at that point is a little bit more appealing to somebody who's like oh crap i don't want this thing to bite my head off you know it's yeah. the mx2 for that sake what we're talking about it's just intimidating because it's so the performance envelope is so much bigger so people are like oh well and like the extra 200 and the 300l and the, and the midwing 300 for that matter i mean like they're when you fly these airplanes i mean like I, similar realm, like the pits. I mean, like, yes, there is some instability, but like, you don't feel like it's dynamic instability to the point where like, you're really, really fighting. Um, you're, you're fighting the airplane wanting to do something really wrong to you. Whereas I've, I've heard, I haven't flown the MX, um, but th- you need it to be that, that next level of unstable um, yeah. to do what it can do. And it, you start departing from, normal flying characteristics if that makes sense or like at least like what you would expect you know like i remember talking to ben freelove um years ago and he talked about flying sean's challenger three and he says oh, like cool. you, you actually yeah yeah he because he i think he ferreted to some shows and he says like the way that airplane is set up you don't go stick forward when you lift the tail it you have to keep <laughs> the stick back but it's just just that much um you know i, I don't know if it's um but you know the I don't, I don't know why or how. Yeah, just the way the CG is set up. Yeah. Yeah, just the way the CG is, you know, app or CG or whatever. Know, maybe the way the horizontal stab is angle or whatever, but, like, it's just got some voodoo yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's that's just, cool. like, that's... He'd be a cool you know, guy to talk to. I've heard so many good things about him, and I heard he's an aerodynamic genius. Ben Freelove? Oh, my God. Yeah. He's one of those guys. And, like, so he, he came to our chapter and gave a presentation on snap rolls, and he put the... Uh, <laughs> uh what are those called the the little strings on the uh you know all over the wing um oh the show the departure from uh from uh the show to stall yeah yeah and he just man he just uh geeked out on snap rolls for you know two hours it was amazing he's he's an amazing pilot and he's another one of those guys that just could have been he could have been anything he wanted to be and um yeah he kind of decided to do something else yeah yeah like he was he was just killing it. It's fucking killing. Oh yeah! It. And then all of a sudden, and I was excited because I was flying. Uh, I had to be in sportsman or intermediate at the time, and um, you know, I was watching, and he just got like an an, an edge. I'm like, oh god, this guy's gonna be really good. And then all of a sudden, it's like, poof, gone. It's like, no, yeah, no. poof, <laughs> yeah. After Red Bull, he went. Yeah, to, I guess to crew. Yeah, I have no um, idea. I think, I think that's what stole him away. Yeah, I think he. I, I know he crewed uh, for Red. Uh, um, can't remember his name, but yeah, the, um, I think that uh, Japanese guy. I forget his name too. Yeah, yeah. But he'd be so, like yeah. somebody really cool to talk to because he just. Oh God, he's probably forgotten more than I'll ever know. Uh, absolutely, he. That and that's what I love. Like I'm. I'm not. I won't say I'm extremely active. I'm not academic, but I. I really appreciate the academics and the anatomy of something. So like, you know, for a given maneuver, like what is going on? Like 
almost like um, like how how would you tell a robot to fly the maneuver that you just flew as a human? That like, that's kind of how I like to think about how a maneuver is flown. And yeah. that's somebody that he's somebody that's just would absolutely break down like why you need oh a tinge of left rudder here or right rudder right before you uh, you know exit you know right before you do the hammerhead or the stall turn you know why you need, why you need a little bit of this a little bit of right aileron why and and, and what cues are there. That's what's really cool from learning from these people is that, you know, like the, I was, uh, I remember being at nationals at the last year was at Oshkosh and they turned the box or whatever. So you're watching them, uh, you were on the Y, so you're watching them coming at you kind of for the most part. Right. And when you're, when you're watching these unlimited guys flying in the wind and everything, it's, you see all their cheats and, and all their, like, you know, their voodoo that's going on and how they're making the airplane slide in the vertical to, to fight. And it's just so, and you would, you know, you watch on the X and you're like, oh, he's just pulling straight up, like no big deal. Meanwhile, he's like, yeah, doing all this like little tinge of here and this or that. And it's like, oh my God, it's freaking just another, another level. I'll tell you what makes them, it's just natural to do that. And like the, you and I were like, oh, <laughs> I'll uh, tell you the maneuver that did it for me. Slow rolls. Like I just watched slow rolls in air shows for years and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. You just, you know, just slap the stick over and off shove you go. Shove it on over. <laughs> yeah. Shove it on over. And, um, even so like, um, and I love that Mike Goulian has done this, uh, uh, go check out his new YouTube channel. He's got two, but he's got a new one where he starts breaking down maneuvers and he did oh, slow cool. rolls and he did the hammerhead and he does a slow roll. So he, it's an outside view on the, on the horizontal stab looking forward. He does a full deflection slow roll and I, I literally, I giggled and then I got pissed. Yeah. Like, That's how yeah. freaking good it was. I literally giggled out loud. It's like, I can't fucking believe what I just watched. Yeah. I can't believe he can like, slow God, roll out. So make it look so easy. <laughs> yeah. And he'll, he'll throw, you know, 10 of them together in an air show and just go all the way across show center. Yeah. Doing slow rolls and he won't lose a foot. I mean, and he yeah. just, he won't be off axis at all ever. And it's just like, Oh my God. Yeah, how and does he do that? There's just such like little hidden. Yeah, God, it's just it's crazy. They're just at another level. I wish, you know, it's funny because like Gullian, uh, you know, I'm not friends with them. I, you know, I think he might know my name because I spoke to him on the phone a bunch of times. But you know, and I, he's one of those guys that was just I'm like begging to come back. I don't think he ever will, but like just begging no. the guy to come back to fly unlimited on a team again. That would just be like, I think if he did that, he'd probably bring so many people into the sport. Holy shit. Cause he has such a following like not Like, Oh yeah. Like LeBron James following, but like, he's got such a crazy following with like pilots that like, if they got it back into competition, they'd be like, Oh, let's go see him fly. Or like, let's join. Like he would have like, you know, we should mention that. That's probably not a bad idea, but I don't think he would. I would. Oh man. Hey, I, just, I would, when I watch go, wouldn't you go to a competition to watch him fly a competition? I would. Oh my god! Oh, hundred percent. I might even find um, a competition to go watch. I'm not even. That's how geeked out I am about that. I no, I absolutely would. And I actually like. It's funny that we don't do like vintage airplane categories here. We should do vintage. I think we already talked about this, but like vintage pilot categories. Like that sounds mean, I guess. But like, um, you know, there's just see, like, like one like, big score so that they don't like because they're all they're still competitive as shit. So like, oh you know. So like it wouldn't even be like a real score, but it would be fun just to see. Like they were supposed to do something like that in the Northeast, where uh, Mike and Rob, because they're both from you know Mike's from Boston and Rob's from uh, yeah. New Hampshire, and they were both going to fly the sportsman sequence and super decathlons against each other. Yeah, and oh like, my god, that'd be so cool, right? And everybody was all pumped, and then the weather or something like turned to shit and then didn't work out. 
but like you make that viral you film that and you you know you do it i like i'd I'd pay money like if i couldn't go to it i would pay 30 bucks online to watch it i really would i i I would 100 i would probably if you did in like 50 bucks plus you get like some or do like something like 70 bucks you get a free t-shirt too yes you know i'm in like uh, I'm in. Gave me, gave me a signed autograph, like sportsman, super decathlon champion, Michael. Lee. <laughs> It'd be so cool. See, and that's the kind of stuff. I know this sounds weird, and probably like older generations, like if they if they listen to podcasts and would hear this, they'd be like, I don't understand this at all. But it, it's that element right there. Uh, they don't realize how, like, like, I, how obsessed some of the people are with. Like I grew up like and emulating, you know, Mike, uh, Goody. Um, who else? You know, I was obsessed with the Russian team back when, you know, Nikolai and Oleg Shapansky and Rachmanov. Or whatever, oh, yeah. That was just obsessed with them. They're incredible. And now, like, you know, like you go to nationals or, you know, you see Gullian and, like, you don't see Gullian the airship pilot. You see Gullian, you know, a national champion guy or, you know, flying his extra 300 asset guy. Like, that's the guy I see. Yeah. You know, even I could actually have a good story. I was in, uh, well, I'm in Long Island and had an air show. And this was at the time when, um, Jeff Bourbon was flying for uh, John Clapp, but he wasn't flying to Lafayette. And um, okay. my buddy, uh, he was working the show. He was with the FA. So I went to the performer hangar with them. And like, I remember walking up and like, you know, uh, like Tucker was there and Kirby was there and like, you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, John Clapp was there. So we're walking in. I was like giggling because Bourbon's in the back and I'm like waving and you know, the other guys are thinking about like, I'm coming over for like an autograph meal. I'm like, Jeff, Jeff. And he's like looking behind. I'm like, are you talking about me? And this is like right after a bourbon one nationals too. I'm like, no, like you, like, yeah. <laughs> like I want to, I want to take a picture. Like you're like awesome. Like he's when Jeff came to nationals last year. Um, and he's like, he doesn't remember, you know, sure. I got to talk to him a little bit and really cool guy. And you know, he's one of those guys that's just assassin. Like just, I actually just stole that from Aaron. He says that a lot, but he's just incredible, like incredible, incredible, yeah. incredible pilot. And when I saw him come to Nashville, I was like, oh crap, like it's going to bring the law. And then he ended up having some like issues with his plane or some crap, but you know, he's like right up there with Goody and, and everything. Totally. And, you know, just to get, if we can get Goody, Jeff Bourbon, Holland, um, now Aaron's really good. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some other people. Like, I mean, we can have a really solid team where they, oh yeah, you know, beat those guys over on the. Uh, I don't want to say something stupid, but you know, <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Yeah, yeah, and they're really. I met a couple of them uh, when I was over over there uh, a couple of years ago. They're really super guys. Actually, kind of makes it tough because you like want to hate them, but they're some of them are actually. Are <laughs> you nice? Really nice. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah. Gosh, but yeah, say something stupid (laughs) so I can hate you. But, um, yeah, those guys, but yeah, get back to what you were saying. Like, oh my god, if like, oh god, Goulian and who else? Like, Chambliss, I never got to do Chambliss, like, I'm Chambliss, dude. And so, I maybe this is just me, maybe this is like the period of time when I was growing up and watching these people, but I feel like they were like characters, like, like. I mean, I did. I mean, they are idols like Sean Tucker, Kirby Chambliss, Mike Goulian. Um, gosh, I, I'm missing a couple. David here. Martin. Um, David Martin. Um, yeah. Linda Meyer. You know, Martin some of these guys. Yeah, Addy, yeah. Addy Wagstaff. 
Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Where you, you know, you're seeing them on Flight Simulator <laughs> yeah. or you're seeing them on posters, you know, like they had big title sponsors. So maybe that maybe that was part of it, too. How cool would you that know? be? Because um, everybody is like so used to seeing Patty flying air shows. How cool would that be just to have her like, be like Patty fly? And she doesn't know me at, uh, at all, by the way. But it'd be like, hey, Patty, like, here's the uh, advanced known, which um, she can fly, fly the shit out of. Like, go just put your smoke on a flying air show, but do the advanced known so we can enjoy it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I would love I would, to I would see her love fly to arrest see that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, when you watch like, I, that's what I've always admired about. Um, and she does too. She, she very much, her air show routine very much, uh, is a precision air show, you know, where, you know, you get like the two different types of air show pilots, right. Where that yeah. there's an air show, air show aerobatics, but then there's, you know, competition aerobatics and like some people meld the two. And right. I feel like Michael Goulian's always flown like, almost arresty figure aerobatics in his air show routine. Yeah. Patty Waxhoff's very similar, you know, where like you just, yeah. you put, you put a car in front of them and they're, they're, they're going to town. Like oh, totally. that, that's their, I mean, right she does home. a three quarter flake off take, take off like, right to knife edge. Like that's, that's arresty in my book, you know? Yep. I agree. Like, uh, but yeah, I, agree. See them I mean, even just to get them to come, like, like, like I said, they're probably so competitive still. And like, I don't, and that's in, its own right awesome because they haven't lost it but you know even we're like we're not going to score you everybody will be like you know the, the middle school kids now everybody gets a trophy but like <laughs> you know come fly because everybody wants to watch you fly so they won't know if you everybody just wants to see it yeah nobody knows yeah. what you're flying nobody knows if you're going to zero but just fly hard and like fly something you know fly your old freestyle or something like that would be freaking it. we should do an online vote like, I, lo- you, I love it. Which, how far would you travel or something like, yeah, we got to do it. when we get off this call. Like, uh, we'll, we have a load of questions we could do. Vote and vote. Be like, how far would you travel to see, you know, like, however you phrase it, like a 90s. The legends. Yeah. How far would you see the legends? I, yeah. I, if I knew a lot of people were going, I'm there. Like if I knew that like, yeah, like everybody from nationals was going or like, you know, at least like six of my buds. Like I'd be like, all right, I'm booking something out of JFK. I'll be there. It'd be so much fun. I, oh, my I, oh my gosh, I would love that. Yeah. We should like, oh, we got so many good ideas. Call up Jim Berg. Be like, hey, we got a great fundraising idea. <laughs> you got to honestly some favors on the old timers. I'm not even old timers. You know, because but like the guy, the people that are flying. Yeah, and and it, you know, it, it does pull an element where like so many people love aerobatics and air shows and flying and they're pilots, but they're not competition pilots. And it, yeah. it pulls people back in to that element where you're seeing these, these people that you've seen in front of the air show scene, uh, the air show circuit for decades, you know, go back in and, and they're, you're kind of seeing, you know, for lack of a better word, the roots of how they got to where they were. I mean, not, totally. not all of them were competition aerobatic pilots, but all of them got their aerobatic pedigree from, competition in one way shape or another whether they oh were taught God. by somebody you know had a mentor that was or whether the, the maneuvers that they're doing were just perfected in competition and then that's just what's taught now yeah and i don't know if i'm right or wrong on this but i'm pretty sure unlike today all the air show guys back then were all competition guys all successful competition yeah, no. guys. and now all the absolutely guys sean like, and mike not, were like world champion yeah national champions Patty. guys or they flew competitions for a couple of years they good and they got into the air show or whatever but like all those guys from the nineties that are flying that are, have been successful in air shows have been, you know, yep. diehard competition guys. And yeah, um, it's different now. Cause like you can get into the air show business without it is well. And you know, this is a whole topic that I, I don't know if either one of us are even qualified to talk about, but just as an outsider looking in on the air show world, 
you know, now you got to kind of figure out an act that is marketable and sellable as a, as a, as a, an act. Right. So like, you know, everybody, yeah. I tell this to everybody like, they're like, Oh yeah, I kind of want to buy an extra and get into air shows. I'm like, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. Everybody yeah. has an extra or, or a monoplane that wants to do air shows in. But back then, um, you know, your marketing, you, your marketability was, Hey, I'm three-time world champion. I'm five-time national champion. Right. I was on the unlimited team. Um, book me for your air show. And whereas now, I don't know. It's just like, you don't see as many, um, competition pedigree, uh, air show pilots that like are on the scene fully or they're, that are like new generation, um, competition pilots that are also doing, uh, you know air shows. Like, Rob Holland's like one of the few. Yeah. I think that, and, and look what Rob has to do to get, to get to where he is. I mean, the guy's got to win like seven Royals freestyles. It's incredible. Yeah. So I think that the issue and, and for all of you out there that, I think I'm an idiot. I'm sorry for saying this. I might be wrong, but um, I think what happened is, is a lot of people just, like you said, they went out and bought a pits or an extra and started doing loops and rolls. And these air show organizers, and I, again, I could be completely wrong, but it seems like these air show organizers, and this is before the ACE program, or maybe they were like, oh, we'll hire you. I'm not going to pay, you know, so-and-so five grand or 10 grand. I'll just pay, you know, Schmucko Joe, you know, hundred bucks, or he'll do it for free because he's yeah. some retired investment banker who bought an extra. And then, you know, yeah. get all those accents. And I think that's what happened is that it just got saturated. The market got saturated with all these people who had no business doing it, but they were getting booked because, you know, the organizers didn't really have to pay. Yeah, no. And it, it really, um, it created a false economy in the airshow world. I've seen it a lot because I, I had uh, one that was hangered at my same airport. I won't name his or her name and I won't say his or her gender, but um, the airshow act. Shouldn't there, shouldn't there be a third true- gender? His or her gender or genderless? Genderless. <laughs> Maybe we'll go genderless. Yeah, they're genderless. Yeah, um, I won't assume any pronouns here. Um, yeah. But like, you know, the, the act was terrible. And it's just like, you can't, if, if you're selling an act, um, if, if, if the better act costs more money, or if, if you're basing on what you charge, I mean, obviously, you know, an extra 300 costs the same amount to get from point A to point B, whether your act is good or not. So there's obviously like some fixed travel costs or whatever that are associated. But like, if you're marketing yourself as, a, as an, an air show act based on your routine, yeah, like they were definitely getting what they paid for. Cause yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. You're booking a lot of like these weird flyings and small shows, but like your act is terrible. Yeah. And now you're taking that slot away from somebody that may be a really, really good performer that now can't book shows. And it's not going to kill anybody or the price out of the market. Right, right, and um, you know the, the last year we've seen some uh, a couple people have their cards pulled for stuff like that that shouldn't be doing air shows and no, uh, um, that's a weird element to it too. Yeah, and hopefully we'll see more up. of the I mean, competition like, pedigree. Yeah, you need it. I mean, it just every every successful air show performer says it, and it's like almost like some of these people think they're just trying to talk them out of air shows, but they're right. Like you need competition because it makes you safe. You know, and yeah. every competition I've been to, you know, I've been really lucky where like this contest directors and the organizers have, you know, they made it really fun, but they, you know, there was rules and there was, you know, and you had to follow the rules. And if you didn't, and if you're unsafe, you called out on it and you weren't allowed to fly or you got like a really, if you weren't, you know, depending on how unsafe you were, but like if you made a little boo-boo, sure. you, got a, you got a lashing, you know? So, like, oh, yeah. you know, it's just, competition is just it's it's it, it makes you so safe and that's why all these guys all these 
you know, nine, you know, 90s national champs and IC competitors are still alive today. Yeah, they absolutely. Have, they have those, you know, I, I could be wrong here, but it seems like they have those rules, uh, you know, like tattooed into them, like, okay, like crowd line or box, don't fly out of the box and, you know, all this, all these gates. So. Well, and so much of airshow flying too is like you're flying a competition in a way because yeah, you're you're talking about crowd line, you're talking about a box, you're talking about a waiver, you're talking about all these things. And if you if you've been flying competition for thirty years, you don't. Th- I'm not saying you're not thinking about those things, but you're you're kind of not thinking about you. You've always worked in that space, so you don't have to fly the airplane, fly the maneuver, yeah. and then worry about the crowd line. You just know where it is. You just know yeah. where to be. And so, so much of that takes your mental. Um, you know, it, it just the mental capacity could be too much where you're, you're, you're more worried about the crowd line than uh, the fact that you are busting it out. To, I mean, if you don't have a to the yeah. ground waiver or something and, or nobody, uh, nobody that you're starting to, to maneuver too low. There's nobody to really, you know, the air shows is good. I guess some people like it because, you know, you're flying in front of, you know, whomever who's eating the funnel cake and they think you're like a God, you know, meanwhile, like if there's like a judge watching you, the guy would be like, I was scored that like a zero, zero. Like that was just a terrible figure, you know? So like, Oh yeah. The air shows for some people, I think that they, you know, they get to, you know, um, have fun and, and fly how they want and not, you know, get on the ground and, and feel bad about a score. And it's just a different mindset. And to me, I don't know. I mean, I look for the bad scores and those people are going to, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it sucks if you zero and it sucks if you fly shit, but at least like, you know what they're seeing and you know, you gotta be like, all right, I gotta fucking work on this shit. You know, you're still pissed, yeah. but you're like, all right, well, it's what it is. Like I did it. It's, it's all on me. And like, I remember nationals, totally. nationals two years in a row, I zero. And this nationals, like I got lucky and whatever they will. But like, you know, it's, it fucking, it sucks. It sucks to zero. And like, you'll, you land and you're like, why? Like, why? And then like, you know, next flight you fly good and you're all happy and whatever. So it's, it's a cool ride. Like you just got to take it for what it's worth. But you know, it's like, you know, you're, you're, everybody kind of says this and I guess it's cliche, you know, you're defined by your failures. So like, you know, a lot of that stuff is like, you're kind of defined by your zeros, you know, like you HZ something. It's like, well, you probably learned more on that than you learned um, doing the figure really well. You know, you didn't yeah. learn, you just, you did the figure really well. You didn't learn anything from that. Whereas, you know, you start learning from your failures and then that's where, you know, airshow pilots, like there is no, I mean, unless you really do something egregious, like I feel like the only thing, there is like no the check and balance. Line. Yeah. Like don't yeah. cross the crowd yeah. line. Like, all right. Like, how do you not like, you got really fucked up to cross the crowd line. Like, yeah. <laughs> cause you can just take a break. Like, like, Oh, I'm getting close. Let me just do a wing over and back this way and start yeah. from figure whatever. <laughs> like, it's Especially if you're not, if you're not in a jet. Yeah. No, like if you're in like, you know, you're in like an S one, like what, what are you doing? Getting even, you know, what are you doing? Busting a crowd line, you know? Yeah. And yeah, but exactly. Yeah. But yeah, there's some people well, out shit, there, like, I see videos and I'm like, Oh my God, is anybody going to say anything? Like, no. And that's, a, that's the thing is I, I, again, won't mention names, but I, I remember watching somebody do, um, an airshow routine. They, I don't, there was no announcer. So I don't know if this was planned to have just two back to back hammerheads, but that person stalled on the upline, both hammerheads stalled, oh legitimately stalled and fell out of a hammerhead both times. It wasn't, <laughs> and it wasn't a maneuver of like, Oh, I'm just going to kind of do a little full thing. It was like, you saw the kick and then you saw the, the airplane start to tuck a little bit and then they kind of just like, you know, 
uh, zeroed the controls out and kind of flew out of it. But it's just like, Sloppy. why is this person practicing? Yeah. Why is this person practicing hammerheads right now that can't do a hammer? I mean, how could you, yeah. where is the, there's just nobody saying, Hey, and he's um, probably flying to show for what are you free. doing? Cause all these are they're like, Oh, just fly. Then you got to make a name for yourself, but we're not going to pay. We'll pay fuel. And it never used yeah. to be like that from what I'm told. But now there's like, so, so common. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, well, shit, dude, we've almost done two hours. Yeah, I know. And we still didn't talk about the extra 200. No, we'll save, yeah. we'll save it for next time. Uh, next Total. time the stars align and our schedules align, we'll, we'll talk, talk more about the, uh, the mighty extra 200, the unsung hero. I think I'm we got the unsung hero. We got to make this, uh, an in-person, uh, video thing. I think, uh, you got to fly your ass out to New York. <laughs> I don't think you got a choice. Let's do it, man. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do this. I no, I love it, man. I love talking. Uh, I love shooting the shit and, and talking about this stuff. It's so much fun. I can do it all day. So yeah, dude. Um, I super appreciate you coming on, dude. And um, you're welcome back anytime, Sweet. anytime you want to come. Anytime you're bored, in between um, popping your eyeballs out and uh, getting kicked in the nuts by your kids, because that's basically <laughs> what aerobatic pilots and fathers go through on a daily basis. Yes, yeah, um, completely. Or just get yeah, told that you're yeah. not having fun. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep, yeah, exactly. Man. But yeah, you're welcome back anytime, dude. Cool, man. Well, have a good night. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for listening to uh, the podcast. Appreciate it. Number two is a wrap. Episode two. How cool is it to have Jeff Petroselli on on the uh, podcast? What a great guy. Very accomplished aerobatic pilot. All around cool dude. Very fun to talk to him. I could talk to that guy all day. Can't wait to have him back on. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast, please. Give us a good rating on iTunes or give us a rating and let us know how we can improve. www.flycoolshit.com is the website. Fly cool shit on Instagram. Uh, shoot us a like on there. And uh, we'll be back next week with another guest. If not, I'll, uh, I'll be rambling by myself. Thanks for listening.